Here at THSP, we have a brand new state-of-the-art IT system to help make our episodes sound even better. And now here's our head of IT to tell you a little bit more about it. Thanks, Bob. Let me walk you through our Donnelly nut spacing and crack system rim-riding grip configuration. Using a field of half-C sprats and brass-fitted nickel slits, our bracketed caps and splay-flexed brace columns vent dampers to dampening hatch steps of one-half meter from the damper crown to the spur of plinth. How? Well, we bolster 12 husk nuts to each girdle jerry, while flex tandems press a task apparatus of 10 vertically composited patch hamplers. Then, pin flam-fastened pan traps at both maiden apexes of the gym joints. disaster like eating a burrito before sex welcome back dear listeners to our summer series of that horror show podcast or thsp for short tonight we are going on our summer vacation episode called that overseas episode part two welcome to romania we'll be covering the french slasher film high tension from 2002 and watcher a psychological thriller from 2022 all this in a brand new kids corner with nate where we will discuss the 1987 classic Predator, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. If it bleeds, I can kill it. So, Christopher, before we get into our summer vacation shenanigans, how are you doing, sir? What is new exciting uh, with you? Any big plans for the summer? Uh, well, the big plans for the summer are just to go to the pool and get a tan, um, but not much else besides that. Uh, I'm also still recovering after our... our um, three-part uh, Ray Dennis Deckler episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> Which, if you haven't listened to it, tune in. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we we did just recently drop the uh, the the third third part. Third and, the third and, and final, final part. part. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so, but besides that, not not much else going on right now. Um, well, should say, yes, summer is here. And as Tim has noted, we are trying to prep ourselves for our summer vacations of sorts. And... Um, uh, looking pretty nice outside although now that the rain has stopped the grass is probably going to start looking like straw pretty soon so um, that's uh oh boy <laughs> so you went from you got, so no rain in the, in the last uh, few days uh well we had quite a bit in the past couple of weeks and then now of course it's stopped and now the sun is just right out and you know i i think i i think this past month, I've mowed the grass twice, and that's about it. Uh, <laughs> our, our grass has gone pretty uh, wonky up here. I've I've had to mow, you know, at least two times already this summer or the, the, uh, this this month already, and um, and, and I'm probably going to mow or might have my father in law who just came into town mow 
with the grass again because it looks like I did, after like two days it doesn't look like you've done anything. It's like growing that fast. Uh, but go on. Well, sir. no, but um, uh, do you ever let your grass like really grow real long before you mow it? Because that's what I did. Even when it was time to mow the lawn, I just let it grow mm-hmm. real long, and then I've done that. Yeah. Do it, yeah. Okay, yeah, because I, <laughs> because I, how I originally used to do it was wait until it, you know, obviously till it grew, but not till it got to the point where it was really long, and then of course do it. I would we just got bunny rabbits like, making babies in the grass. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, but uh, yeah, and but I, I, and I'm hearing, I'm hearing that supposedly it's going to be a, like a real dry summer or something like that. So, uh, but I mean that's fine though. I mean I've, I've been been looking forward to the summer season, so I have nothing to complain about. Oh, buddy, you you you're preaching to the choir there, sir. Yeah, me freaking too. <laughs> but uh, besides my boring day, how about you, Tim? Oh, <laughs> it's been anything but boring with. Uh, with uh, school, well, school and work with the kids and everything, it's all winding down. Uh, the school year is coming to a close. And for a date stamp for this episode, it's uh, Sunday, May 28th. We got about, when we get back from our three-day weekend uh, from Memorial Day, we will have uh, four more days of school. Um, other than that, my son's baseball team uh, season is underway, and we are currently 4-1. and one. Go Stingrays! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my in-laws from Romania just flew in Thursday night, and boy, are their arms tired! But <laughs> <Ba-dum-bum>. I'm <laughs> um, No laugh, Christopher? Oh, I'm shocked. I was laughing. I just, it was more Muted. internal than external. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I, don't give me pity laughs. <laughs> no, I'm, so uh, other, than, uh, other than that, Nate's uh, flag football team, the Chicago Bears, I helped co-coach. Uh, that season ended in the end of April. We ended with a uh, six and two record. So we won, the, we, we had, had a winning season there. Uh, and I'm looking forward to, honestly, just a little downtime, you know, doing some fun things like playing disc golf and golf, regular golf and going to the pool, like you mentioned, and the movies and just enjoying summer for a bit. Uh, I'm, I'm ready. Uh, the kids need a break. The uh, teachers and staff need a break. Everyone needs a nice big break. <laughs> well, you said you were doing the coaching. Um, yeah. Like what? <sighs> this doesn't sound like a silly ass question, okay. but like what does that entail for you? Like in terms of like. Okay. Go on. <laughs> no, uh, but I mean, like in terms of like what you have to do with that. I don't because so, I I don't have kids. I'm not married. I've never had to well to, to you know to coach like a like a like a little league game or any of that. So 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 for instance, I am I'm for baseball. I'm not a I'm not an official coach in quotation marks, but I do help out with like the, the we have hit sticks and we we practice uh, hitting the with the bats. So a hit stick is basically what it sounds like for baseball. I'll, I'll get in the football in just one second but this thing is basically just this long big graphite shaft with a, a big almost like almost like a tennis ball on the end almost but it's plastic and the kids just wail on it with a freaking bat and they just practice their swing and their stance and the speed of their swing mm-hmm. um is and, there a point where they ever get out of line and they try to hit you with it mm, <laughs> no <laughs> okay. thankfully no i mean they, they, they've got these big metal aluminum bats i'm like if they really wanted to like if the, if they really wanted to uprise they probably could but they're good <laughs> The kids are, are awesome. And uh, now speaking from a flag football standpoint, um, now uh, it was really great because we had – normally we, we have uh, between two and three coaches. And three coaches is um, – for flag football, It's which is – a we, we just got out of done with our – I guess they consider it the spring league, but it's, 
the, the spring league is still is in January or no, it starts in like March. And here it's, there's still snow on the ground in March. So we play indoors and we still play a hundred yards. We play on like a, almost like a soccer field slash lacrosse field, uh, you know, AstroTurf. And they usually have a lot of games going on at once. Um, and the kids play on a hundred yards, you know, at this age. Um, but I coached the offense and uh, a friend of mine um, that I made through actually Gabby's uh, dance his son also plays played flag, and so he coached a defense because he was actually a defensive. Uh, sorry, excuse me, I, I burped. My apologies. Um, <laughs> in college, so I'm like, dude. He's like, I'm like, we we, we talked to each other. I'm like, dude, we, and that's what we said. We said, dude. <laughs> we said, dude. Why don't you take offense since you have all the plays? Because I've over the course of many years of uh, coaching flag, I've uh, accumulated a, a playbook of sorts uh, with for five on five flag football. So I would coach all the offense and you coach all the defense. So that's how we'd go. And basically it's a, basically there's kids there. It's a 10 on 10. So you'd have uh, five kids on, on the field and five kids on the sideline. So we'd have, we rotate. So first half would be offense would be the kids would play on offense. And the, then those offensive kids would switch to the second half, which they play defense. And obviously the kids that play defense first half would play offense and so forth. Um, really quickly. And so that's how we, we ran things. And it was actually a very smooth system. Uh, the kids played all very well together. Um, most of the kids uh, now that have been coaching since, I want to say first grade, now they're in fifth grade going into middle school, which is just mind boggling to me because honestly, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I love my son. I do, but I'm like, and I love all the kids. I mean, I really do. I'm like, but I cannot believe the, the same kids I've been coaching on and off throughout the years. They're, they're, they're now going to be 12 very, very shortly. And they're going to be moving to like sixth grade. Now, he, up, I forget how it is in Illinois, because I remember when I was a kid, we would do elementary school, be uh, preschool through sixth grade. Yeah. And then yeah. then uh, middle school, then junior high or middle school would be seventh and eighth. But here it's like sixth, seventh and eighth is middle school. And then high school is nine through 12. But I digress. Well, you know, Minnesota and they're weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah they are a tad weird because, you know, in, in, Illinois, in Illinois, all the liquor stores are inside the store. Like if you want to go to Meyer, the liquor store is in the aisle. Or if you want to go to Target, the liquor store is in the super Target. You want to go to the liquor store, it's in the aisles. Here it's separate. Costco, same thing. That was a, <laughs> that, that was a big, that, that was a, honestly, when I first moved here, that was the biggest thing. Like, Wait, Aldi doesn't sell wine in their in their in their craft beers anymore here? No, because they don't they they can't afford the license here, or they don't want to do the license here. They don't want to. Uh, they have to have another building. They have to have another room strictly for liquor. They out of all out of all the culture shocks that Tim had the that Tim had, it had to involve the wine and liquor section. It, yeah, wine and spirits, bitch. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everything else is like, you know, a given. I mean, it's bananas. <laughs> I'm like, why would you do that? I'm like, no, I literally... You made, I, you made it sound like you moved to Utah or something. <laughs> well, here's the thing. If I moved to Utah, you could have seven wives. But you know what? Honestly, who wants to well, please seven wives? It's hard to please one that's well, one's that's, enough. <laughs> and you know what? I think that's the reason why Utah is relatively a dry country. They don't want any of their they don't want the husband of the seven wives boozing it up and trying to, to, to Honestly, he needs it. He needs out, of, it. out of all the all the states, they need it the most. How do you please seven wives? I can't please one all the time. My God. <laughs> you know, Tim, you didn't have to be that honest on the show. 
<laughs> it's fine. She doesn't listen. <laughs> no, you, but you but, say that now. But <laughs> <laughs> no, my wife's great. I love her to pieces. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't trade her for the world. But <laughs> we, we've been married a long time. <laughs> but I can say that in all honesty. But getting back to. I, 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 I completely lost my train of thought. Can we get back on the, uh, the track? Uh, so uh, anyway. About the coaching, yeah. Yeah, yeah co so coaching. Coaching is great. I love the kids. I'm just – I'm surprised. The time just, just flies. You know, when you get to a certain age, like four or five years, it doesn't seem too long unless you're in prison. But, you know, <laughs> uh, but it, it is. And, like, my, my, uh, my daughter's going to be heading into fourth. Uh, go Gabby. Uh, um, my son will be going into middle school. I, I, it, it, it just it hurts my head because when we first started this podcast, and I mentioned this before, I'm like, my daughter was in Pampers and I was like potty training her while we were doing this podcast. Not not why we were doing this podcast, but <laughs> in that same time span, you know? Right. And, and my son was in preschool and I'm like, or Nate was in preschool. I'm like, I, I, I just, it, it just boggles my mind. Anyway, so. Well, uh, now wait. Yeah. Uh, now. Go on. Is there going to be a point where your daughter is going to join in on the uh, kids' corner at some point uh, down the line? <laughs> she, she, she she has voiced her opinion from time to time. I believe uh, <laughs> I believe when we did the Megan episode uh, about the, uh, the 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 doll, the robot doll, she was she 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 made an appearance on there. She 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 does come on the kids' corner from time to time, but she likes to watch movies. She doesn't really like to talk about them. Yeah. So. Uh, but she got to plug her uh, her YouTube channel, which was fine. So if you yeah, want to okay. go back about two episodes, l listen to our the, the Megan segment of uh, our uh, of that horse show podcast, and you'll see hear Gabby talk about her slime, you know, YouTube channel. Which, hey, you know, we all have our thing. It's all good. I don't, I don't, I don't judge <laughs> too much. <laughs> uh, just don't make a mess. That, that that's my big thing. Just don't make a mess. Have fun. Don't make a mess. If you make if you make a mess, fucking clean it up. Cause god damn it, daddy's getting tired of cleaning up shit. You're 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 all Nate, you're gonna be twelve, Gabby, you're gonna you're eight. Do it yourself. <laughs> well that's that that's why you this the saying exists. When you're eighteen, you're out of the house. So it's <laughs> you're gonna have to I, like you know, shit. you know, as 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 long as they contribute to the household, I'm cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what? Just don't sit around and be a lazy lump because you know what? I'm I'm for, I'm 45. Yeah. <laughs> You're an old man, Tim. Come uh, on, just I, 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 I'm, I'm fighting it, but you know what? There's, there comes a time, I'm like you know what? I, I, I've earned this. This is this is my time. <laughs> like now, it's time for you guys to pick up the mantle. I, you know what? You, we got two dogs. You pick up the dog shit. I'm done. <laughs> uh, you, you, you want you want certain things? I'm, I'm all for that, and it's fantastic, and I love it. But you know what? There's certain things that, you know what, I, I hear it every day. I don't want to do that. Well, you know what, life is life. There's going to be things that you don't want to do. And guess what? You, the things you want to do and the things you have to do, yeah, th th it doesn't even always even out. <laughs> yeah, people forget that. It's like, it's like <laughs> you may not want to do it, but there's some things in life that you are going to have to do. <laughs> yeah, like I'm like, look, I, I tell my kids, I tell, the, I tell my own kids, I tell the kids that I help teach, I'm like, there are things you're going to have to do and there are things you're going to want to do. And at some point, and I, I, I know you're in second grade, <laughs> but guess what? You're here and you got to do it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> anyway, but uh, th that's going, what's going on with me. Uh, you know, I, I, I love my kids. I love the kids that I work with at school. I mean, it's fantastic. They're great. 
but everyone needs a break, and I'm looking forward to my break. Um, so now, before we board that big plane and fly to France for our first film, let's take a quick detour to our kids segment with Nate. We'll be back in a few minutes. And Chris, God damn it, I hope you brought your passport. I did. We're leaving. I, I'm certain I did. All <laughs> I right. got it updated. Don't worry about it. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll be right back after this. Hi, I'm Nate, and welcome to Kids Corner with my dad, Tim. Hey, that's me. Uh, Kids Corner will cover family-friendly films and TV shows. And maybe not-so-family-friendly movies. <laughs> so, listen in. Rescue team, not assassins. Now, what are we gonna do? In a part of the world where there are no rules. We pick up their trailer, the chopper, run them down, grab those hostages before anybody knows we were there. What do you mean we? Deep in the jungle, where nothing that lives is safe. You lose it here, you're in a world of hurt. Showtime, kid. Knock, knock. An elite rescue squad. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> is being led by the ultimate warrior. We need the best. That's why you're here. But now... What's got Billy so spooked? There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. They're up against the ultimate enemy. Holy mother of God. Nothing like it has ever been on Earth before. She says the jungle just came alive and took him. We cannot see it. Blood, no bodies, we hit nothing. But it sees the heat of our bodies and the heat of our fear. Whatever it is out there, it killed Hopper. And now it wants us. It kills for pleasure. Ah! He was skinned alive! It hunts for sport. He's killing us one at a time. We're all gonna die. But this time, it's picked the wrong man to hunt. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Century Fox presents Arnold Schwarzenegger. Predator. The hunt begins Friday, June 12th at theaters everywhere. Hello, this is Kids Corner, and I'm Nate, and I'm joined by my father, Tim. Hello, and welcome to our summer edition of THSP and the Kids Corner. Okay, Nate. So, what film will we be reviewing uh, for this month's edition? Predator. From? 1987. Yeah, 1987. Okay. In fact, it just had its anniversary not that long ago. It did? It did. It did. I'm going to find it right now. So, Nate, why why don't you tell the fine people uh, a little little something-something? About what? Anything. That? I don't know what to talk about. Okay, so the Predator just uh, just had its 36th anniversary. It was released on June 12th, 1987. So we're pretty topical. Uh, Burn it with fire! Burn it with fire! 
Yes, uh, we're pretty topical with this recording. So, yes, uh, and that was not by design at all. It's so, currently raining outside. <laughs> it is currently raining outside, yes. So, Nathaniel, why don't you tell the dear people... Uh, sorry, hold on. Nathaniel, uh, why don't you read the synopsis provided by the good people over at Wikipedia? Okay. Oh. And we're going to... Okay. Predator. Predator from 1987. Ish. No, not ish. 1987. Summer of 1987. Okay. Predator is a 1987 American science fiction action film directed by John McTiernan. John McTiernan. John McTiernan, I'm sorry. Uh, of, uh, of, he went on to direct uh, the best Christmas movie ever, one of the best Christmas movies, Die Hard. <laughs> All right, you Christmas lord. Yeah, there, there, there's there's some debate still, but yes, John okay. McTiernan, go on. Written by the brothers Jim and John Thomas, it is the first installment in the Predator franchise. Arnold Schwarzenegger stars in stars as the leader of an elite paramilitary paramilitary rescue team on a mission to save hostages in the guerrilla-held territory in, in a Guatemalan. Guatemalan Central American rainforest who encountered a deadly predator, Kevin Peter Hall. A skilled, techno technologically advanced alien who stalks and hunts down... And hunts them down. And hunts them down. Oh, my God. Carl Weathers... Sorry if I butchered this name. E leap. Okay, that's uh, uh Epidemla. Epidemla Carlio. Carlio, okay. Bill Duke, Richard Chavez, Jesse Ventura. That's Jesse, the body Ventura of professional wrestling. Huh? Who's that? <laughs> Look him up on YouTube. Okay. And also uh, the, the fine governor of Minnesota for a few years. Mm hmm. Sony Lanham mm -hmm. and Shane Black are the supporting co-stars. Now, funny, a fun fact about Shane Black, he went on to write and produce uh, the, another great 1980s classic action movie franchise. Can you guess what it is? What? It's not Die Hard. It's... Live Hard. Lethal Weapon! Huh? That's oh, shit. Another classic Christmas movie. Shut up. I have no idea what that is. All right. Okay. Continuing on. Okay. All right. Distributed to you by 20th Century Fox. Release date June 12th, 1987-ish. <laughs> June 12th, 1987-ish. You weirdo. Okay, go okay. on. Running time, 107 minutes. Country, United States. Language, English. Budget, 15 to 18 million. Box office ninety eight point three million. Yeah, so that they definitely made its money back. So, uh, Nathaniel. What? All right. So we we learned about why these uh, why these groups are in there, uh, and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character's name is Dutch. Did you know that the original title for the Predator movies were going to be called Hunter? Oh, interesting. Well, Predator and Hunter are synonymous mm. with each other. Antonyms, uh, sentinels, yeah. whatever you want to call it. <laughs> words. Words are tough. Words. Speaking is hard. Words. All right. Oh, my God. Word. So, Nathaniel. All right. Yeah. So, we all know. So, uh, Carl Weathers' character hires Dutch and his group of um, 
uh, of of uh, I'm dead. Uh, paramilitary um, off or um, I'm dead. Paramilitary um, professionals to I'm still dead to get these hostages out of uh, a Guatemala Central America camp. I'm and, dead. Yes, and there is a little bit of um, political backstabbing and uh, whatnot. I'm dead. So Nate, what? Okay. You like the character of Dutch by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. And you hope he came back for the sequel, right? Yes. I'm You'll be sorry. sorely disappointed. Yes. He does not come back at all. Um, now, we just finished watching Prey, the Hulu exclusive uh, from, uh, I believe, last year. Yes. And that one is very comparable to this one. You I can I, also I, see it on Disney Plus internationally. Oh, internationally. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nate. <laughs> so we can we could have watched it on Disney Plus. Yeah, in Romania or in uh, maybe England or France or Germany. Internationally or... means the entire world, but not every. Fine, shut up, weirdo. Thinks this this guy thinks he's a, he's going to middle school next year and he thinks he knows everything about everything. But you are correct, sir. All right. What time is ten? Okay. Okay. So, Nate, uh, what was your top three favorite moments of this film? Probably when um, Dutch was hiding in the mud from the predator, mm -hmm. and he fell down a waterfall. Yeah. Um. And then my second favorite part was when she was—he was screaming at the gorilla girl, the gorilla girl. You mean the hostage? The hostage gorilla girl, something. She's a hostage. She's not. She's not gorilla, paramilitary gorilla. Uh -huh. As she's a hostage. <laughs> she's not. But she's, she's part not. of the gorilla. No, she's not. No, she's then not. Why was she at the gorilla camp? She was being held hostage by the same thing. No, it's not. <laughs> she's not the bad guy or the bad person. She's the. She's the hostage. She's the innocent in this. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, anyway, okay. So Dutch um, was yelling at her. Says to get to the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I know that uh, previous generations have grown up with this film being uh, just with just the simple one-liners that are prevalent throughout this entire movie. Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. I don't got time to bleed. If it bleeds, I can kill it. Or my personal favorite, which is just about as ludicrous as the rest of them. And I love it because Arnold Schwarzenegger takes this big Bowie knife and he flings it against one of the bad guys. It looks it, like a fake rubber knife. It was a fake rubber knife. He's <laughs> not know, really killing anyone. I know, but they All could right. have looked at make it Okay, more this was 1987-ish, maybe 86-ish, okay? Yeah, but they could still paint it. They still have telling and, the orders back in 1987. Anyway, so Arnold Schwarzenegger flings this big Bowie knife and it sticks in this guy, uh, the bad guy's chest and he's stuck up against the wall <laughs> a la Michael Myers in the Halloween franchise films, and he goes, don't go around. Don't, don't go anywhere. Stick around. Stick around. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Oh. Uh, but, yeah. Is uh, it okay if I have four favorite moments? What? Four favorite moments. Go ahead. Take another one. Um, My third favorite moment is when he's hiding under the wood, the wood, like the wood planks. Okay. Things, where he's saying, come on, I'm right there. Kill me. Okay. So, all right. So, spoilers. Uh, Well, it's 30 some odd years old. Oh, my God. So, Nate. How does this movie end? Everyone dies. No. Except for Dutch. And, and the hostage. And, yeah. Every, well, does Carl Weathers die? The the, 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 the African-American black dude that dies? Yes. Okay. He gets chopped off with an arrow. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, I forgot about that. Okay, and so it's it's uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and it's Dutch's character yes. and the the hostage, and they're the only ones that get to the yes. get to the chopper. No, no, my um favorite one liner from that movie is probably when they said, "We need to kill it, otherwise there will no be no one else to get to the chopper." <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so Nathaniel, on a scale of one to ten. One being the least scary, ten being the most scary. How would you rate this film? Probably a two-ish. Okay, two-ish for what? Being scary. For being scary. Uh, but I will rate this about a two-ish. I'll give it a four for being scary because it's an action adventure horror movie. I like action adventure, so I don't find it pretty scary. But violence. Just blowing the shit out of that uh, the the hostage area and just blowing the shit out of everything. I I'm gonna give this a ten because they blew the shit out of like a guy, at least eighty soldiers more or more. I like that part. Well, of course you like that part. It's, it's explosions. It's <laughs> awesomeness. It's everything. But I'm saying a lot of a lot of bad guys died in this movie, which Yay! is fine. Yay, bad guys dying! Woohoo! Anyway, why don't you just feed them to the predator? Well, maybe that's what he wanted. So. Anyway, uh, so scale of 1 to ten, 10 being the scariest, it's about a 2 for you, about a 4 for me, but violence over the top, about a 10 for me, and about uh, how much for you? 2. They could have oh, done more. <laughs> they could have done up. more. They blew up almost the entire country. Why couldn't they blow up the entire forest? All right, anyway. Like, no, they take the chopper, they just take a buttload of explosives, dump it into the forest, set it off, boom, Predator's uh, dead. Predator's already dead. Okay, he can't be much more dead than he dead. He could have been dead Easierly. What, dead-ish, maybe? <laughs> no, more dead! Okay, all right. So, all right, uh, uh, would you recommend this to uh, uh, one of your... Uh, actually, you're, you're, you're out of uh, elementary school. You're going right into a middle school. You're gonna, you're no longer a fifth grader. You graduate. Now you'll be going into sixth grade in about mm, months. three months. About, about two and a half months. So... Yay. <laughs> don't sound too excited. So, would you recommend this to one of your buddies? Yes. Yes, uh, I, yes, I would. How would you sell them on watching this movie? How would you convince them to watch this movie? Get to the chopper! Okay. <laughs> that, so, I, oh, that's the only thing. Alright, so Nate, uh, would you give this movie a thumbs up or thumbs down? I know I only have two arms, but can I give it ten thumbs up? Okay, so Nate gives it a thumbs up. I give it a thumbs up. So, Nate, on our next exciting segment of the yeah. Kids Corner segment, what movie we'll be covering. Predator 2. Ooh, I did not see that coming. All right, so... Who for... didn't see that one coming? <laughs> All right, so, <laughs> Nate, you want to lead us out? This has been Kid Corner. I'm Nate. Have a good night. All or right. evening or morning. Whenever you're listening. Okay, bye. All right, so for... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you out with this time. Okay. So for Nate Casta, I'm Tim Casta. Thank you for listening, Kids Corner. Please join us next month on next on the Kids Corner segment when we'll be, discu when we'll be discussing Predator 2 from 1990-ish. <laughs> good night. 1990-ish. Say good night, Nate. 30. Good night. Good evening. Good morning. Good night. Good night, Nate. And we're...
back. We successfully made it through security and customs at the Minnesota St. Paul International Airport, which in March of this year was tops on the list of best airports in America. Yes, we are number one. So we are flying a total of 4,323 miles, or if you want to go by kilometers, we are flying 6,000 958 kilometers. Now, and if we're going by cruise ship or steamship, we are going by 3,666, or I'm sorry, 3,660 miles. Now, Tim, where are our stop-offs at? <laughs> well, I, you know, this is a direct flight. <laughs> oh, a direct flight. <laughs> I, I, I did not anticipate another, shut up, Chris. <laughs> I did not anticipate a layover in like Amsterdam. <laughs> But you know, real quick though, I mean, when you and not to not to deviate, yeah, go, go on, go on. But, but when you and um, your wife went to Romania, mm -hmm. like, how many stop offs did you have for that? Well, all right. So at the time, I want to say, so we we at the time we're we're in Minnesota, and um, so we would travel to Illinois to, to usually drop off the dogs, you know, yeah. or whatever. And uh, hang out with our family for a little bit. Then we would go. We would fly. Sometimes, most of the time, we'd we'd fly out of sh the Chicago, uh, or, or was it O'Hare, to uh, save some money. Um, but we'd we'd have a layover in like either, you know, Amsterdam or uh, Rome, and then depending on the flight. And usually we would fly like, you know, honestly, the the, the you know. It doesn't matter, but because uh, I didn't get a chance to really visit Amsterdam or Rome, we got to walk outside for like five minutes before we had to go through customs. Right. Uh, but technically, my feet were in Amsterdam and Rome. Now I did not get to travel. I didn't get to see the canals of Rome, or I mean, uh, canals of Amsterdam, or visit there. But I that is on my bucket list, along with Rome. Rome is you def. Hey, if you're from Rome, I'm definitely looking at you in Amsterdam because I want to be there. Uh, <laughs> and especially after I know this sounds weird. After our uh, Dirty Dick Moss episode back way back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, call me crazy crazy uh but i but i i want to visit amsterdam and and and, and all the different locales i'm like oh yeah really that would cool. be a great place to go but no i was just curious because you um didn't you at one point have one that you had, you had the um a layover in in germany at one point i because I, I uh I, I did not my wife oh. went to germany i I've, oh, okay. I've always wanted to go to germany so germany so germany's on my list Hello, Germany. Uh, I want to go there, and I want to go to Australia and also Thailand, because that's all the places my wife has been on work. But uh, she's been there for so well, when they, when my when my son was when Nate was young, and he was not even a toddler. Um, she went there for work, but she would go there for like two or three weeks or a month because when you go to those far places, you have to be there for more than let's say a week. You have to be there for like two or three weeks or a month. So. Yeah. Uh, Germany is definitely on my list. Uh, Thailand is definitely on my list because I mean, I just I, I love the Asian culture. I love, love, love that. I, I want to go to Japan. I want to go to China. I want to go to uh, Korea. I want to. I want to visit all those places at some point, and I will, <laughs> maybe, because <laughs> uh, I, I got I got. But but even in even in the states, I want to visit places I've never been. I mean, I've been to Vegas, but I've never been to the Hoover Dam. I've never been yeah. to. I've been to L.A., but I've never been up 
further north of LA. I'm like, there's so many things that you got to experience. To you just cannot be. I mean, you can if you want to, but I'm like, if you want to be a well-rounded individual, I really believe you have to experience different cultures, different food, as ethnic-wise. I'm like, I, I want to go to Canada. I've never been to Canada. And Canada <laughs> is Canada's literally like 12 hours north of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been to Mexico. I've been to Cabo. But everybody's, I think almost everybody's been, been to Cabo at one point. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I've been to Jamaica. I've been to St. Lucia. I want to go back. I'm like, I, you know, I just want to drink on a beach and sit and sun myself and you know, lather myself in SPS 50 because that's what I need because <laughs> my white ass can't handle anything else. <laughs> but yeah, that's where we're at. So with that, let's now roll the trailer for High Tension. We'll be right back. Okay, Christopher, my big dude, take it away, sir. All right, let me just um. Ju oh, you're not ready. Oh my God, you're not no, ready. I know. For a minute there, I thought I had it. Just let me. I I do have. I do have it. I'm just saying. I you had it and it went away. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't open it up. <laughs> oh I, well, pardon moi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me just get it right here. Oh, yeah, this is okay. this is this is good podcasting radio right here. Oh yeah. Hopefully they oh, don't cut. Burp a little bit more. I will have to edit that. Uh, out. Oh, do it again. Do it again, sir. No, I can't. I'm, I'm too tired. <laughs> All right. Okay, okay. I got it now. Right. So here, if you want to start over again, that's fine. No, no, it's fine. I'm not, let it roll, baby. Let's oh, go. Let it roll. Okay, let okay. This is, this is great stuff. Burp. Okay, so. Do right, you got to take a leak? You want to take a leak on the, on the, on the, on the podcast? I'll, I'll take it with me. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can hear the, the rotary fan in the washroom. Going I, I, I want to hear it. <laughs> All right, so. All right. Cool, well, we have to do something funny while we're on this flight. Anyways, um, yes. High Tension from 2003, uh, directed by Alexandre Aja and written by Alexandre Aja and Gregory Levasseur. Um, High Tension takes place in the beautiful French countryside, and we are introduced to Marie, played by Cécile de France, and Alex, played by Mai Wen. Both are college students that are off for the weekend and are heading to Alex's parents' house to study. As the two girls arrive at the place, in the distance is an unnamed middle-aged man, played by Philippe Nehon, who is sitting in his dilapidated truck and is, for a lack of a better term, skull-fucking a dismembered woman's head, and after he finishes, the dude tosses the head out of the window. Is there a better term we can use for that? Uh, I... I don't know. I don't think there Skull is. Skull fucking. I mean, that's very. I mean, that's that's to the point. I mean, it's yeah. like George Cron says. It's two words. It's very deliberate. But no, go yep. on. It's it what it is. Yes, but in other. So in other words, just another normal summer day in the French countryside. Uh, once it's night, sexy as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> once night starts, Marie and Alex head off to bed. But while Alex is getting a good night's rest, Marie decides to lie back in bed, listen to some music. And proceeds to masturbate. But eventually, all good things must come to an end as the middle-aged man walks up to the house, and he gets out, and he knocks on the door. Alex's father answers the door, and the stranger proceeds to kill the poor bastard, and then soon kills Alex's mother and her little brother. But Marie witnesses the whole proceedings and finds Alex tied up in the killer's truck. Marie hops in the back of the truck and hides while the killer drives to a gas station. 
Marie hopes the youthful gas station attendant will help save her and Alex, but, well, let's just say the attendant didn't have much of a chance. But as Marie continues to follow the that killer... That poor SOB, my God. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I felt really but, bad for him. <laughs> I did too. But as Marie continues to follow the killer in her hopes to save Alex, there is something about this whole event that isn't lining up, and Marie might know something about it. Yes, that's that's high tension, or if you want to go by the... Um, French pronunciation, haute tension. Uh, this is a, or also known in the United Kingdom as switchblade romance. Which oh, is, wow! But you know, <laughs> I, I like that title, but there's no switchblade. Yeah. I know there isn't. I mean, that's like a title that would suit like a Tarantino movie. To tell you the truth, <laughs> honestly, no, no. Honestly, wasn't there a Tarantino movie? Or no, he, he maybe he found it. I, I remember buying a used VHS copy. It was called the Switchblade Sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a um, it was a seventies drive-in exploitation yeah, sure. film yeah. that yeah that he had um, picked up for his then theatrical re-release company rolling thunder pictures but, I, yeah i'm surprised i remembered that because i bought that for like three bucks at used i'm like i remember watching that i'm like holy crap well that's the power of a tarantino-esque title is how it sticks in your brain <laughs> yeah. anyway moving on we're not right, talking right. about tarantino right now but uh, i know on. yeah yeah but, um, okay, so High Tension, I remember this movie coming out way back when. I never, I don't recall seeing it. I do know that the illustrious Mark L. Rissman, that we both know of. Um, has appeared many times on our on this podcast yes, and had his yes. own podcast in the past. Right, yes. right, right. Um, he did tell me about this movie. And he told me, am I, I vaguely remember him telling me about like varying plot points and everything, but I don't think I ever saw the movie. So it kind of really didn't like, it kind of didn't really like fall on my radar at the time. It didn't didn't resonate with you. Yeah. Well, and also the, the, um, I think this movie came out around the same time as where there was that. A horror resurgence in the early 2000s where you had movies like um hostile and right Theristas, you know and then there and then there was that whole um uh you know special terminology for it that was being called the 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 uh the torture porn uh type uh genre film which high tension i think kind of sort of got lumped into that a little bit um uh, yeah i mean and kind of it, it's really not it's, it's not, really not. It, it was not, not no I, I would not call it in this I wouldn't call high tension in the same realm as hostile or saw. Or... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a kind of it's kind of a completely different beast. Yeah. However, however, it does owe uh, it it does tip its hat off a lot to the whole slasher genre. So it's not really entirely original. But at the time when this movie came out, there was like talk about the film's uh, big reveal, the big the big. Mm-hmm. The, you know the, the 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 twist i guess you can say the twist ending or whatever right but, um but i do but watching the movie now in 2023 it's you know i i didn't i i like the movie i didn't dislike it but i do feel like watching it now it's far more obvious what the ending is going to be about it's not really as much of a surprise as most people think it would be and we won't get there just yet but yes go on yeah well primarily because we are so used to movies now about serial killers and the big twist and everything like that 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 uh, let's just say it this way if you're a newcomer and you see this movie you'll probably figure out you know 
the 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 real backstory behind this movie before it's even over. So, right. but but for its time, I guess it was kind of like a yeah. new transcendent well, kind of ending. Well, you know, and, and according to uh, if you go to Wikipedia, the controversy the, this film was included in Time Magazine's ten most ridiculous ridiculously violent films. Now, a lot of time has passed on that, and I want to say that. While it is, there are some violent scenes, I've seen much more. I'm looking at you, Terrifier and Terrifier Two, <laughs> uh, which, yeah. I, which, 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 by the way, I do. We do plan on covering in a recent, in a upcoming THSP episode because honestly, they just swept like like I want to say the 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 new uh, horror awards uh, uh, via Shutter. Um, well, didn't the first movie like it? It really made oh, like a God. splash. It was oh, dude. No one, I mean, and, and and it was made for so little money, and no one ever thought that so, was gonna so like. So here's be the thing: is, is I don't I don't cringe hard at a lot of the horror movies, like most of us. But Terrifier and Terrifier Two, holy fucking guacamole, Batman! I'm like I I, I was like I, I'm like I felt a little sick, like literally. I'm like. Mm, I'm like it's not Siberian, whatever the fuck it is, like top a Siberian level. film. <laughs> but my god, it's goddamn pretty fucking close. But anyway, um, you know, uh, and we, and why we're going down this road? Several viewers noticed films striking notice of similarities to the plot between uh, Dean Koontz's novel uh, Intensity and this film. Oh and, yeah, I, go to letterbox.com and you'll find people that hate this movie that bring that up like yeah. the first thing. And I don't know, it's hard to, to to deduce if whether or not you know, the people behind this movie did read that book and took its idea. I don't so, know. So it's, so from what from what I gathered is that the the uh, the writer and the writer and director had seen or had read Intensity, but the, uh, what happened is on his own website, Kuhn stated that he was aware of the comparison but would not sue because he found the film so puerile, <laughs> pure, puerile, so disgusting, and so intellectually bankrupt that he didn't want to associate with that and eventually come to it, come if he pursued an action against the filmmaker. So just out of just out of just because he di- was disgusted by it, he didn't want to uh, pursue uh, a lawsuit. So I mean, I guess he got that going for it. Well, and then to, to, we we should also mention when this movie came out, it didn't really. It didn't really get like the most uh, positive well, fair, reviews. Yeah, uh, I was recently. Yeah, yeah go I, on. We, we talked I about was, this off air, but continue well, on, I was, sir. I, I'll, 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 I'll read just a little. Uh, I'll, Give I'll, us the abridgment. Yeah. <laughs> I was perusing Roger Ebert's review of this film where he gave it one star. And it he um, the beginning of his review started by saying, and I'll quote it here. I have it right here. Quote, the philosopher Thomas Hobbes tells us life can be poor, nasty, brutish, and short. So is this movie. And, <laughs> oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah, I know. And, 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 you know, again, to be fair about it, yeah, this movie did get lumped in with the torture porn movie. So it's not like it, – it's not too surprising that the critics did not like this movie. But usually uh, – I know it came around the same time as like Saw and Hostel, but I would not call it torture porn. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. But I'm just saying it got it really did get lumped with that category a little bit because Hostel definitely and Hostel two and Hostel three are definitely torture porn. I mean because of the gory violence. Oh fuck yeah, and and barely any story yet. For yeah, sure. y- yeah, and that's another thing about this movie too is that uh, 
<laughs> the story for this movie is very paper thin. It's not really as oh, as, it's, trans- it's translucent, Chris. <laughs> oh yeah, it's not. It's not as jolting as it was for its time. I think it's very. I think that's where the movie's big flaw is. Is that I I do wish it was a little more. Um, you want engage- you want more violence? <laughs> no, I wanted it more engaging with its concept. I mean, we'll get to it when we when we start deep diving into it here. But but basically, yeah. I mean, I had never seen this movie b- before, or at least I, I'm certain I didn't see it before. And seeing it now, I didn't like. I said I didn't hate it, I, but it doesn't quite make it on my on my uh, top lists. But I I did find parts of it interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Honestly, for most of its running time, I I I, I kind of call me quack, call me quirky, but I I enjoyed most of the I want to say ninety percent of the running time of this film. I I I like I like the characters. I thought the death scenes were extremely brutal and some and of them sad. ridiculous. There's one scene that's actually pretty. I thought I liked it. Okay, okay, okay. I, I want you. I, oh, can we say it at the same time? What? I, I think I think it's the same. I, I I want I want to like swami you right now. I want to okay, say I, I, I'll okay. just put it this way: it's the first it's it's the it's the first death sequence that motherfucker you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the dad? Yes. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll save that. We'll get to that. Motherfucker! I, I knew! I knew! I knew you! I know you! <laughs> I mean, it was it was a, it was a decent death sequence, but it's complete. It was completely ridiculous. It's bananas, and how does that even fucking work? <laughs> no, that that's what I mean when I say if you go into this, you know, again in terms of the story, yeah, the illogicalness behind it is like after a decade, I know you. <laughs> It makes the I, you've never seen this movie, and maybe one day we'll cover it. But it makes the death sequence of this one character in a film called The Murder Secret from 1988. It's an Italian horror movie. There's a scene in there where a person gets their. And I'm not gonna. Get, I'll just mention this, and maybe you'll you'll see the connection. But there's a scene where a person gets their head cut off by having their head stuck underneath a. Uh, you ever see those large toy like a like a large toy chest? Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost like, yeah, it's like it's a, it's a, it's a trunk. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 the killer takes the person's head and sticks it underneath the the toy the the the, the chest and then uses the closing bar to to cut the head off. It is completely. It so, was completely, so he did a curb stomp with a with a toy chest. Yes, basically. Oh, okay. and, and it's totally not. And if you don't, and if you don't know what a curb stomp is. Watch American History X. That is fucking. It's yeah. not a horror movie, but that is violent as fuck. Well, it's not a horror movie, but the concept is. It's horrific. horrific. <laughs> it's horrific. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So um, now, like you said, you you've seen this movie before, so I'm, I, I'm, I I have. But you know what? Honestly, I completely forgot the twist, so we're not going to get there yet. But yes, yes, I, I've seen the movie before. I'm like, and it was on my radar for quite a while. Like literally, I want to say. I want to say about the first year of our podcast. I'm like, and I, because I had watched it, uh, I want to say during or before even our several pod days. I'm like, and I really, at the time, I really enjoyed it because it was unique and different. But I've right. seen well, movies since then. But go on, right? And the other thing to mention, really, really quick before we get into this, is that um, this movie. Now, I, I went to, I found this on Wikipedia, and my, you know. <laughs> I don't go to Wikipedia for every ounce of information, but you I mean, should, like, because it's always <laughs> accurate. <laughs> yeah, it's. But they mentioned something about this movie that I was a little surprised at. That this film was part of a. There was a. Um, Say it! Come on! No, no, it, it was. 
I'm trying to describe that. It, it was sort of described as a movement called the New Extreme Films or New oh, Extremity. Really? Okay. And it was basically a bunch of films that were made in the early 21st century mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, were controversial and they mostly contain films of extreme violence or, you know, explicit sexual, you know, content or whatever. And this movie was sort of like in that category. Really? Uh, huh. And there's, if you go on Wikipedia, you'll find the, the info on it. And uh, there is one film that I, that, that popped out at me that I had heard of back when I was in okay. college. It was called, um, uh, Boss Moy, which I, I, I'm probably not saying that right, but it was basically, I think that movie was about, um, um, like women getting revenge on these guys and it had like really extreme, like explicit sexual content. And I've never seen it, but I remember hearing about it. Oh, and, okay. <laughs> but I mean, th- basically it's, it's, it's a quote unquote movement making extreme films, but it's like, if you really want to look at the era of other films, like the seventies and the eighties, I mean, like <laughs> Yeah. There's there's always an era where someone is pushing the button. So I well, don't really... and, and, and honestly, like like comedians, I think the for for horror people, it's or for the horror genre, you need to find the line, yeah. and cross it. But you never want to punch down. You always want to punch up. Yeah, and, that's know, hard to do sometimes too oh, because you never know if you're punching down or up. That's yeah. the other problem too. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And, and, you know, and they, they said this was, and, and honestly, maybe it's because we've become so desensitized. I'm like, and I, and, and I will completely, uh, uh, you know, throw myself in that category because there are some things where I'm like, I watch and like, that's really, that's supposed to be really fucking gory. That's supposed to be really scary. But then, then a movie like Terrifier, Terrifier 2 comes along. I'm like, holy fucking crap. I'm like, I know that's practical, but that's really disgusting. And I kind of feel, <laughs> I kind of feel, feel uneasy in my my stomach you know i'm like but you know there, there are certain films like that and honestly i can watch horror movies like almost 24 7 because you know that's what i like but i mean i don't uh but give me like give me something like a, a real trauma of the er on like a and e or like some or tlc back in the day i'm like i can't deal i'm like literally because i think i can separate what is fiction to what is actually you know, even though it's filmed for reality TV, that there is some sort of reality going on with it, that, that there is some sort of blood and like actual guts happening. I'm like, I, I like literally, I can't, I can't watch that. I, so I will get sick. I, I, I guess it's out of the question that we'll be, we'll be watching uh, those surgery videos that I sent you through the mail. All right, man. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Any, anything with giving birth or anything where, where there's like, uh, like heart surgery, I will, I will, I will fucking puke in my, uh, puke in my wastebasket. I will not, I will, I will not. That reminds me of the Simpsons episode where Homer has to get the triple bypass and the Dr. Nick is watching the surgery video. And, and, <laughs> like and, a YouTube and, video? <laughs> oh, no. I mean, like, this is way before YouTube. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. Watching. And the on the video, the instructor is saying, you take the instrument and you split the rib cage open. And then and then he's Dr. Nick sees it and he goes, oh, ew, blood. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, 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 I will say I am the biggest pussy when it comes to that. I, real blood, okay, like hatchet movies. Victor Crowley, fine. Real blood, fuck me, I'm, I'm dead, I'm gone. I, I will, I will be the first one to pass the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, but uh, 
Mm. And, and, and there's one other thing about this, but I'll probably mention it later yeah. when we get to the twist, because I, like I said, I occasionally love to peruse like letterbox.com and just, I'm on letterbox. I love letterbox. It's well, funny. I love letterbox, but I do feel in, in certain cases, the, look, I love reading reviews from people who really like review movies. Yeah. And then the other part about letterbox that I can't stand is people who think they can review movies and they do a real shitty job of it. Like basically <laughs> like us. <laughs> Well, I would say we're a step in the middle, but, but okay. like, you know, the, the, like the one they can't always stand is the one word, like the one sentence reviews. I'm not talking about like, you know, basic, you know, this is what the movie's about more like I didn't like it. I hate it. Or Fuck like you. I, or, or yeah, but then also written in bad syntax and it's like, oh my God. And some of those get like a thousand likes or loves, and it's like, no. <laughs> are you seriously kidding me? I, I, honestly, I'm... I do not trust an opinion from someone who cannot form two words. Okay, <laughs> so so here's the thing: I'm on Letterbox. I want to say I'm on Letterbox, but I'm not on Letterbox. Like I will, I use it as strictly just a a, a account of all the movies I've seen and what how I feel at the time. I don't use it as. Like oh this is something um you know n- you know something like that I'm like I just I use it because I want to know how many movies I actually watch during right. the course of a year. <laughs> right, but the reason why but the reason why I'm mentioning that is yes. this is just a prelude to what I'm going to mention later is you know the, this movie got like bad reviews because of its violence. Now it's getting bad reviews for a completely different scenario. But I I'm going to save that till we get to the end because okay. I truly don't think that the new interpretation for this movie is completely warranted. Let's put okay. it that way. Okay, but, fair we'll, enough. We'll, but we'll get to it when we get to it. So anyways, I'm intrigued, Chris, I'm intrigued. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, um, we should start, you know, okay. So it, it, this movie pretty much just has a basic one, two, you know, one, two, three opening setup. We're, yeah. We're introduced to the two main characters, Marie and Alex. They are basically going to go spend the weekend at uh, Alex, Alex's parents' house to study for their bar exam. Or they, yeah, they, they want yeah, to be lawyers, I, I think. Yeah, they're studying legal things yeah. or something like that. Now there's a now there's a moment where, uh, I believe Marie was having a dream where she was running in the woods and yes. something is chasing her, and then she wakes up, and she tells her friend Alex that she has had this dream, this reoccurring dream where she's running in the woods and something is chasing her, and then she realizes that what's chasing her is herself. So she's pretty much figured out what the dream is. Now that's actually going to be a plot point <laughs> for this. Pay attention, movie. pay attention, young ones. <laughs> yeah. And, and in my personal opinion, what gives, if you, if, again, if, if, if you really know your horror movies very well, it kind of gives away what the ending is going to be. <laughs> but anyways, we digress uh, moving. Right. On. So, and they're just talking and it, it's really kind of just like this, I guess you can say, you know, you don't really get a lot of information from them except, you know, basically they're college students going out to the countryside to study. <laughs> so, so, there's, so in the car, there's Marie and there, uh, who was the short hair blonde uh, right. young lady. Right. And then mm-hmm. who's your friend? Alex, right? Yes. Yeah. A- Alex. And Alex likes to get around with the guys. I mean, yeah. not not so much, but she likes the party, and they're they're going. They're specifically going out to the her family's new countryside home because 
uh, they want to get away from all the partying so they can yeah. focus on, I guess, the bar exam of some sort or some, some sort of huge test that they got to take, right? Yeah, yeah. We I don't, we don't really get like a lot of information yeah. about what they're, the tests are taking. There is a moment where they say, what are we going to study for tomorrow? Uh, like administrative law or something like that. Right. So I guess, so I guess that's lawyers of some sort in France. <laughs> right, right. And uh, so, so in the meantime, we then cut to a shot of this old dilapidated truck that's parked outside by the um, in the cornfield. Yeah, the cornfield by Alex's house, right? Parents' house. And we we get this, you know, the, the it it inside the truck is this uh, middle aged man wearing overalls and. He's, he's sexy. He is one sexy beast. Let me just yeah. Tell you that. Oh, oh yeah, very man. very rustic and uh, you know and, and, and charming. You know. Charming. Oh yeah, very charming. <laughs> charming. So very charming. Very charming. <laughs> so charming that uh, you think there is someone in the car uh, giving him a blowjob, but it turns out as the as I've mentioned in my, my so eloquently uh, so eloquently, go fucking <laughs> yes. Well, not not entirely inaccurate considering that um, basically. It, it, the, the man is screwing a decapitated head of some woman that yeah, gotta was be, killed. I, I gotta find a better terminology. I'm gonna try to, by the end of the show, I'm gonna try to find a better terminology. Or by I don't the end think of this we episode. will. I don't think we will, too. <laughs> Mouth love. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Skull fucking is, is, is a very deliberate like shell shock. It's very. I guess like, I'm trying to do the shock factor like uh, yeah. Alexandria Aja has done in this movie. Yes. <laughs> so skull fucking oh yummy yummy right. yummy. <laughs> so, but anyways, it, it, and it's a weird sequence because, as I said to you before, well, I won't give it away yet, but it's interesting that we're introduced to this character here at this point in the movie, uh-huh. it, because. It feels like it should be a little bit later because of the big twist reveal at the end of the film. But anyways, with a twist, <laughs> yeah. But anyways, you know, it's a, it's a. I guess I could say it's a nice scene to like get you in the mood for the fact that something horrible is going to be happening here in this film. <laughs> in the he, mood for something yeah. horrible. <laughs> well, I mean, the way and the fact that he throws that decapitated head out of the. You know, out of the truck window, like a like a fucking soccer ball. <laughs> not 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 even a, more like a, a soccer ball. That's very no, that's very good because it's France and that's what they play soccer. Yeah, it's European. Yeah, it's European. <laughs> However, I, I would say more like just the, the discarded trash. Like, hey, I'm done with you. Like, here, here's a, a discarded you know cheeseburger wrapper or burrito wrapper. But no, soccer right, ball works. Right, right. I'm, I like it. I, I like the way you're you're, you're using your uh, your intellect. <laughs> Yeah, what little of it there is. But anyways, <laughs> so, 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 okay, so they, Alex and Marie arrive at her parents' house. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what's, this is what's interesting. We don't really get to see much of the family. We see the father. Yes. And, and he see, says like one or two words, and then that's it. We see the little boy not wanting to take a bath because he wants to wear his cowboy yeah. uh, costume for his sister, his older sister. Yeah, how American for a film for France. <laughs> wanting to wear the cowboy suit and play with his cap guns. Um, and then the mother, we barely see much of her. She's like, is wasn't she outside like? putting up clothes to dry or something like that yeah, and... she, she, she's put, uh she's she's putting out um yeah she's the laundry she's you know like you hang stuff on the line to dry you know yeah 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 and then she's, she's like oh, then... Al, uh, alex will be here anytime now but like, why don't you go take your bath but i don't want to take off my cowboy costume or my uniform whatever it's like but you can put it back on afterwards i mean it's it's all very uh you know very very quick 
you know, yeah, you but I mean, like, right. But in terms of like getting to know her parents, we we we, we, we barely know. know them at all. And, and, and I think Alex mentioned something about like her folks bought this farm to be away from everyone and, and, and yeah, to, to, to get out of the city and to. To experience, you know, uh, the, the 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 farm life, basically. Well, they know. sure as hell succeeded because not only do they get away from the town and not want to be in here anybody, we, they they make sure that they that the audience doesn't get to see them either, nope. <laughs> or as much. Yeah. <laughs> but so then they arrive, and um, uh, then it's it, 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 it's nighttime, and uh, the family's going to sleep, and then. Um, Marie's going to go to bed and Alex is going to go to bed and then <laughs> we're treated to this sequence where uh, Alex is uh, lying in bed listening to her listening to her uh, portable little uh, radio. Her, her with, iPod or her, her digital well, media at the time. There, I, mean, I don't know what it was. What there was, was no iPods back then. It was just... or what? I don't think there was. There wasn't any iPod. No, there wasn't an iPod back well, in Well, it was 2002. Uh, I mean, 2000, I, 2003, I meant to say. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, honestly, I don't know. There's there some sort of like Portable music device. We'll just say portable musical device. It's fine. <laughs> a little portable Walkman. How about yes. that? <laughs> sure. Let's go with that. And we get this sequence that <laughs> she's just lying in bed. <laughs> well, before, that, just, we, before that, we should mention she should mention that she went outside to smoke a cigarette. Yes. Yes. And she sees um, Alex in all her glory. Right, taking a shower. Taking a shower, uh, you know, seductively, you know, washing her body. Well, not, well, maybe not seductively, but to her, it was but, seductively. But, 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 to, but, to, but to Marie's uh, viewpoint, seductively. Yes. <laughs> and, and I'm not going to lie, it was, uh, it was uh, pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, yeah, it was pretty hot. I mean, I yeah. jack it to it, and not only that, <laughs> but, uh, but so does Marie. <laughs> Chris is like, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the strength in the right arm for a reason. But, anyway, but no, and then of course we get the scene where uh, Marie is lying back in bed and she's basically to this music. Yeah, yeah and, and having a little bit of fun with herself. And then, yeah. and then, as they say in as they say in the first movie of uh, American Pie, double clicking her mouse. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. 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 And then delicious. But then, right. but then all of a sudden. We have a visitor that shows up. It is Tim, uh, the ice cream man. Uh, well, I don't think he really is the ice cream man. It's but, but it's just... here, here's the thing: Why do killers have to ring a doorbell? Yeah, <laughs> like, motherfucker. That, I was thinking, you know what? That was a very good question because I, when I first was watching, like, if like, you're gonna fucking break into a house, you're gonna ring the fucking doorbell. Yeah, why would you ring that bell? I mean, I'm guess, I, unless you know, in the killer was he view, being polite. <laughs> Yeah, he was being a very polite killer. <laughs> no, so the killer walks. Our killer walks up to the front door and rings the doorbell. And then, of course, this is late at. It's interesting. Late at night, out in the middle of nowhere, the 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 father wakes up and answers the door. <laughs> so I, I, I want I want to make a, just uh, just take a quick break on that one because honestly, so my um. Actually, my in-laws who just came into town from Romania, they they built a house Carpathian Mountains Mountains, and I've been there a couple of times and or a few times, and we've actually recorded a podcast for Severpod there where I was actually yeah. in the Carpathian Mountains. Now, when you're a house in the middle of fucking nowhere, okay, the, all the homes around us, around there, around all the homes around them, the, all their you know whatever fields, they have these gigantic gates. Now each gate has a doorbell. And each gate probably now has a ring camera. Now, 
I know this was 20 goddamn years ago, but however, however, where is a fucking gate? This guy should not be able to just walk up to the goddamn house. No, there's a gate for a fucking reason. An eight foot, in my, in my, in my in-laws, uh, cases, there's like an eight foot, uh, steel fence. And it doesn't have barbed wire in it, but it does, definitely has those goddamn prongs on it. So if you're gonna jump, try to jump the fucking fence, you're gonna get, you're gonna lose some flesh. But, you know. Yeah. I yeah. digress, but continue on. No, but so, and then the father opens the door and then the killer gets in. No, the killer, like, well, through through like a, a security, and I don't want to say security, but like a like a like a but like a, some sort of like door where it's got some metal bars. But he was able to you know hatch it his way in. But go on. Yeah, he basically you know, uh, t- I, I, yeah, he took like a hatchet or something, and and, and um, uh, ki- basically hit him in the forehead. The hit him in the, hit, yeah, basically hit Alex's father in the forehead, and he falls to the ground. And then of course the killer reaches inside and like turns the lock and gets in, and then. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And then, and then the father tries to get up, so he, he, crawl, crawl his way up the stairs. stairs. I should say. But the and, killer catches him halfway. Go on. Yeah. Well, and then there's also the the the, the family has like a Saint Bernard, and there's a moment where the Bernard tries to attack the guy, and then suddenly. The, the killer did something to the dog. We don't really get to see what it is. We, we hear but... we, we hear a whelp off scene. We just see a like a, a, a bloody dog being dragged across. Which, as you remember from our last episode, we don't you don't kill dogs on screen and you don't kill kids. But yeah, and not. you know what? This movie breaks two of those rules. <laughs> but don't see it. It just happens. It just happens. Yeah. <laughs> so there's <laughs> so then. The father tries to get up the stairs, crawl his way up there, and then the killer takes the father's head and sticks his head through the between the, the banister the, posts. Between or... the banister posts, and then and the, and this is where Tim and I are both in agreement that this is the most ridiculously implausible death sequence right. in but the movie. Extremely violent, but because, yeah. But go on, you, you you tell it, sir. You tell it so much better. Well, the killer takes this huge dresser drawer. And pushes it against the ban, you know, the side banister of the stairs, and collides it against the the father's head, and then pushes violently where it decapitates the father's head. Do you realize how fast you have to be going with a dresser drawer? How how hard you have to push and how fast you have to push to decapitate someone with a dresser drawer? Yeah, not 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 a dresser drawer, uh, a complete dresser. Well, and that's the other thing, though, too. Watch any movie where, like, someone's get their head chopped off of an axe, and it's and it looks like it cut, comes off of a clean cut. You no, know, there's, never... a, there's a lot of bone and, uh, and yeah. muscle, and it, nothing comes clean off. I'm like, yeah, it, bone, gonna... muscle, and ligament. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. But, yeah. But, but nevertheless, it was a violent death sequence, despite the fact that it was completely ridiculously over the top. Right. I'm not saying a guy won't be dead. I'm just saying I don't think his head would come off. (laughs) Yeah, me neither. (laughs) So then, um, Alex's mother gets up and heads down the stairs Mm -hmm. to see what is going on. Because she (laughs) has a commotion. Yeah, it's like I I wonder what's going on, and then she goes and she finds (laughs) she finds her husband is dead. Yeah. Not dead, but just like decapitated. I mean, dead. Okay, heart attack. That's that's terrifying enough as it is. But decapitated and like through a banister with no, you know, no head. Uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> so of, now, while all this is going on, um, Marie is kind of sort of witnessing all of this. She hears the guy come in. 
she's peeping through like the corner of her door mm. seeing what's going on right 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 so and of course there's a moment where she's trying to call the police but she there's like a there's like an unused phone in the room she's staying but then she tries to find the plug for the phone right and it turns out that the plug that's there is not it's for a the tv phone, cable it's for a tv cable <laughs> and Convenient. she's like now <laughs> what she does to hide in this movie is very interesting she suspects that the killer does not know that there is a, another person in here i.e herself so she takes everything that she has in her room like all her makeup and everything and you know like which which is very clever though yeah yeah packs it up and hides it and then there's a moment where she is in the bathroom and then she's like you know the killer is coming up the stairs and there's nowhere else she can hide and then the killer comes in the house in her room and is looking around and looks in the bathroom looks in you know the, the the room the bedroom and there's a moment where he walks over to the edge of the bed and pulls the mattress up, hoping to look through and seeing if she's hiding under the bed and she's not. And then he puts the mattress back down and it cuts to like a, like a low angle shot in which she was hiding under the bed, but she was like, like she pulled her legs over. So that way he wouldn't see her at the, at at the foot end of the bed. (laughs) The way that was set up was like kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, like like you would think the killer would just push the entire mattress off and find her underneath. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, she, she, she kind of curled, curled up into like a little ball, and then she was able to like like extend her legs. And she like, she's like, you know, she's trying not to breathe. Yeah, and she's covering her mouth so she doesn't have to breathe and everything. Right. It's not a bad scene. It's pretty no. good, but it's just the way how that was shown. It was like. Oh. Like, oh, so the killer decides to not push the entire mattress off the bed. He just decides to look over and pull up the foot. Conveniently. Yeah, (laughs) conveniently so. But, again, not a bad sequence. It gets the point across that she's managed to hide. Yes, and you think she's hiding in the shower because he's checking checking all the places where she's like, like she wiped down the the sink. She wiped down underneath the faucet. She did all the stuff. Well, he was probably also hoping to find her in the shower so that way he can get a look at her. Boobies. Come on, man. This is France. Come on. There's no problem. (laughs) So, and then, oh, by the way, the little kid is running around the house too. There was like a scene where like the kid's running running around the house, and then the yeah, killer's the, just, like, slowly and, following him. <laughs> and in fact, the mother tells little Billy or little Timmy to go back to his room and close the door. I'm like, uh, that is not a good option. <laughs> no, it's not. So so then, the, um, so it turns out that um, the killer has tied up Alex and thrown her in the back of his truck, and, uh, you know, and what uh, a what what a truck it is! <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, dirty, dilapidated. Looks like it hasn't been cleaned in ages. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, in other words, just an old, gas guzzling, grimy truck that you know. Again, talk about talk about stereotyping serial killers. Yes, if they're driving in a truck, it's always going to be dirty, grimy, and no windows. Un- no windows. You know, it, it's almost like the. That all began with the Silence of the Lambs, where the guy says, "Can you help me move this couch into my truck, a truck or something but like that?" But he, did, but he didn't have any candy. How is he supposed to lure unsuspecting children to his truck? I know, no, yeah. No candy. Uh, oh well. Fail. He, he, well, well, he handles it another way, Tim. How, how does he handle the kids, Tim? 
Oh, well, apparently he takes a long shotgun from the uh, the father's study and, you know, goes into the cornfield and just tracks the poor bastard down and shoots him. <laughs> right. And, and we never see the kid get shot. We just hear the sound of the gunshot. Right. And, we, and, we, see, and we, we see the flash in the cornfield. But, you know, again, there are certain tropes, there are certain things, there are certain tropes, there are certain kind of rules you don't break. If you're going to kill a dog, you kill him off scene or off screen. If you kill a kid... I don't advise against it uh, under let's say let's say twelve <laughs> or sixteen. Yeah, as long as it's in a movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, you know. Honestly, I wish society re- re- respected rules like horror movies do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, in, in general societies, yes, we do respect real rules. But when it comes to horror movies, it's sometimes you can break them depending. But um, anyway, so oh boy, yes, right, right. So Marie gets like a long knife and gives it to Alex while she's tied up and get ball gagged <laughs> and tells her not to make a noise. But, and and the thing is, she, and what's surprising is she doesn't untie her. She says, wait here, I'll be right back. Well, wait, she can't untie her because she's got those... Oh, she's right. like chained up, so she's no way she can get them out unless she true. gets the keys or she happens to get a bolt cutter. <laughs> that's true, that's true. But nevertheless, so Marie climbs in the back of the truck while the killer conveniently closes the door not looking inside and then gets into the truck and starts driving down the road and then they end up at a gas station and i i I did like this sequence i like this moment where like he gets out of the truck and starts pumping gas and then Mm -hmm. marie gets out of the back end and then like slowly makes her way over to the gas station how how, how does she get out of the truck if 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 it's padlocked I, I forgot. Yeah, how did she get out of the that's truck? interesting. How did she do I for, that? I, for, I forget. How did she? How did she get out of there? Because he he made a specific put the chain through the door and he put the lock on the chain. So now, my thing is, I, I get that she escaped, but how? I, I I don't remember. Do you remember how she escaped from the back mm. end of the truck? No, I don't. I, I don't recall. Maybe, I don't maybe, think it she, was. Does she have like a? Maybe a knife? Does she? Does she Jimmy the oh, lock? Oh wait, yeah, you know what? She did do something. She, she, she does did. Jimmy. She does she Jimmy the lock with uh with with, with a like knife. a little knife or something. Yeah, yeah, she did do that. Yeah, you're right because okay. I remember that she okay. was like there's got, she there's was gotta telling, be a plausible she, way out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but anyways, so she she gets out and she slowly, while he's pumping the gas, mm-hmm. she's slowly walking over to the front door of the of the gas station and then she gets inside. And she tries telling the young attendant, can you call the police, please? Because, you know, me and my friend have been kidnapped by this crazy man, and he's outside. <laughs> and he's killed her family, and he's kidnapped us. You right. Know, can, can and, of, you, and, of yeah. course, the young attendant is looking at her like, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> like any like any young gas station attendant would do. Yeah. <laughs> at, at 2 a.m. on a random, like, Friday or Saturday night. No. Right, right. So then she hides over by, like, a corner, and then the guy, and then the, the our unnamed killer comes in, and he's talking to the attendant, and it turns out that they know each other, or at least the attendant, at least oh, the... It, 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 you know, honestly, it felt very, like, um, you remember watching uh, from *Dust Till Dawn* when the sheriff walked into the liquor store, Pete's Wild or Pete's World of Booze? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And he's talking to the guy, and he's like, "I should receive an Academy Award for how fucking you know normal I'm acting." <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> it reminded me of that where where the guy where it's just like a cat and mouse, like you, you, the, the you know close up eyes of the attendant, close up you know not so close. We don't really get to see the killer too much. We do see his face a little bit. But we don't get a full on like, you know, uh, a make, you know, of the person. But here's the problem with this. Well, I mean, the 
kind of sort of a problem, but then I guess you could say it's sort of explained later on is that they like, like so the killer doesn't know that Marie was in the truck. Mm-hmm. So the killer is pretty much acting like, you know, he suspects something is up. Mm-hmm. And Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. And you, you know, if he didn't suspect anything, he could still have just walked away. But instead, what he decides to do is he asks the young attendant, hey, can you go behind the case and, uh, you know, get me um, like a bottle of like J&B or Jameson or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and then the guy goes there and gets it for him. And then he turns around and then the the killer takes a huge axe, which, you know, where the hell did that come from? And proceeds to. Yeah, I, yeah you know. <laughs> I get a billy club. I get, but an axe of that size in a in a, in a gas station. I'm like, we didn't see the guy bring it in. Uh, we didn't see or the killer bring it in. We didn't, see, and, the, and the guy only has like this like shot off shotgun or you know big revolver behind the the, the desk. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, but we're but moving on. <laughs> but anyways, you know he he kills the poor guy, and then and then start and then and then um, Marie is able to escape the place, but then she ends up running over and hiding in like the, 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 um, the washrooms. Yeah. The bathroom. And then she's and, watching the guy take a leak too. Which is, yeah. Uh, and then she manages to watch the guy like trying to find her. And then like, you know, then he takes a bathroom break and then he starts heads back to the truck and it's like, well, I mean, what? And then, she, and then after all that, she calls the police. The police are very, it's like, you're going to see, you know, the big explosion or something like you're going to see, you're like the, the police are you know, almost, at this point, inept too, like like most horror movies. Uh, well, they are in this sequence, but it's, it, it it turns it turns to be like a little bit of, I guess you could say, an excuse for what happens later in terms oh, for, of, of course, in of course, terms for, of the twist. Well, we're getting but, there. We're getting there. But basically, she's trying to call the police, and the police are like, "Well, you know, did you get the license plate number, or did you get like?" You, you know, they're asking her like these questions that they need to try to figure out, mm-hmm. you know, and she's just getting annoyed. And then she finally hangs up and then decides she's going to take the, the deceased gas station attendant's car and chase the guy down, which is what she does. And then there's which like, is, this... which, which is because the guy's got a good, probably five to 10 minutes start. And how the hell do you know where he's turning off? Right. right. I'm like, I'm like, they're I'm trying. Like, they're they're trying to make it look like the road he's traveling is just just this one complete one, just this one straight complete road right. that has no other turns or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought I, when I, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, that's that's really not believable. There there are plenty of cornfields and plenty of back roads that you probably don't even know yeah. of. But, but yeah. nevertheless, she manages to catch up with him and follow him, and then he makes a turn down this one area, and then. Somehow it gets uh, behind her. Yeah, yeah. There's a moment where okay, so he makes like a right into this like one dirt road, and then she drives past it so that way she can make it look yeah, like yeah. she she's not not following him even though she is, and then she backs up and then proceeds to drive in there, you know, give him a little bit of space. Uh, I don't think she turns off her headlights though. To try no, to she, sure she, she, she's see. still she's she's still going on a good clip, you know, yeah. speed wise. Right. And then all of a sudden, she ends up being chased by the killer in the truck. Yeah, the, 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 how, somehow the truck got behind her is now bumping her off the road. Right, and then of course it, the car flies over this one this one like abutment or whatever this right. one cliff area, and then crashes, and then she gets out, 
And then with almost, I make literally the car flipped over, lights on fire, about, is about to explode, and somehow she's got very minor injuries. She, right, and I don't know if she's wearing a seatbelt, but I'm, I'm assuming you know she was probably going at a good you know 60, 80 miles an hour clip. Right, and uh, then anyway. and then she ends up hiding in this um um like this little like greenhouse area. Yeah. And then she, and I like this though too. She ends up taking this, uh, this, um, like little mini, um, fence that's got like barbed wire and she takes one of the, one of the fence posts and like uses it to twine some, um, some, uh, uh barbed wire around it so she can right. use it as a club. And then the killer comes up behind her and like they struggle and they fight. Mm-hmm. And then she, the killer tries to like strangle the shit out of her, but then she grabs a rock and knocks him over the head and he starts bleeding profusely. And then she strangles him on one of the plastic sheets that's in the greenhouse. And then she takes the, the, the club and starts beating the shit out of him on the head. (laughs) And, and then after that, we cut back to the gas station, the cops show up (laughs) and Uh, by the way, when the cops show up, it's, one dude wearing a trench coat and the other dude wearing standard French police uniform. Yes. And and they go inside and they find the attendant dead and they're like, okay, so we got to figure out what's going on. And then they check the security cam footage. Mm-hmm. And bump, now, bump, bump. Here comes yep. the twist. Yep. Oh, so Tim, wait so for Tim, it. Oh, right, yes. Right. So Tim, tell <laughs> us what, what do they find in the security cam footage? Well, they find Marie hacking the pieces, the, the poor, uh, the, the uh, gas station attendant. <laughs> He, he, she, she's, she's the killer. That's the twist. Yep, that's the twist. She oh. is the killer. So basically, she is the one responsible for killing Alex's family and the gas station attendant. This whole thing that we have been watching for the last is like, little, uh, hour or so, yeah. yeah, has basically been something that like is being made up in her mind. Now, this movie got criticized for that because you know, obviously, the whole thing is you know a, a sham. She's the killer. And everybody wasn't big on that. But to be fair about it, though, Hitchcock kind of did that in the movie called Stage Fright, where someone tells a story about how they're accused of something and they tell their story in a flashback. And then it turns out later on, spoiler alert for that movie, that everything that that guy told about in the flashback never happened. (laughs) You know, so. (sighs) So here we are. (laughs) So here we are. But I. The problem is the logistics behind all of this are just completely not. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm like, so so yeah. did did Alex have the strength to move that um, that dresser. Uh, that dresser to kill the, the the father? Did you know? Did she kill the mother? Did she, I mean like she kill the son with the shotgun? Because if this is all in her mind that she did all these things, and yeah. did, did she really do all of that? I mean, yeah. And dead. where did the truck come from? That's true. <laughs> Roger Ebert even made a great comment about that, which I will quote that right That motherfucking here. ginormous ugly-ass truck. Where He's, did that goddamn thing come from? He said that the film had a plot hole that is not only large enough to drive a truck <laughs> through, but in fact does have Literally a truck did. Right through it. Yeah. I'm wondering if that was done on purpose by the writer director. It could have been, but then it would have been like I would have been so. Like, it what it really needed was like like those brief flashback bits to show her, you know, killing the family, and then maybe like it turns out that the truck 
was actually owned by the father and then she found the truck and then she's like okay yeah i'll use the truck as a getaway device you know i mean like you know do things like that and then you know and then of course we'll okay leap of faith yes but maybe we would believe it but then the other problem is that it makes that opening sequence of the man in truck receiving head from the decapitated head almost meaningless because (laughs) because that happens before Marie shows up and Alex show up to their house. So it's like, so is, is Marie dreaming about this sequence or something? It's so nonsensical. It it like never comes together. Yeah. So, but nevertheless, it turns out um, Marie is the killer. And then we get the sequence where she gets Alex out of the truck. And then Alex is going just completely, berserk you know saying that you know get away from me you're the one that killed my family you're the one that did it and blah blah, blah. and marie has no, apparently has no idea that she has done this stuff so apparently multiple split personality disorder of some sorts i yeah. guess and it turns out the reason why she did it is because dun, 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 marie has a lesbian fixation on alex so well, yeah well, we, we know and if she can't have her nobody else did Right, and there's a moment where, you know, Alex is running away, and uh, Marie chases after her, and it turns out that it's her multiple personality of the of the killer come back to life, who has somehow managed to get a high powered buzzsaw to chase yeah. after her. This, 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 no, this is the concrete, so it's not just a buzzsaw; it's a con- oh, yeah, it cuts a concrete, concrete. Cutter. yeah. Now how, now, how does like a ninety-pound nothing woman? I don't care how crazy the fuck you are, and how I mean, I know people with, 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 who are crazy have like this like, weird uh, like strength, but I mean, to wield it like she was wielding it, uh, no, <laughs> I don't believe. I don't. Yeah, it's really, she, it's a real hard sell. She chases the she so so. Uh, Marie is chasing Alex with that high-powered concrete saw. <laughs> yeah. And, and like you can call this at this point, I think I guess you can call this French Texas Chainsaw Massacre or something like that because that's yeah, what, that's what it feels like in but this sequence. Of, here's the thing with the Texas with with the guy from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The guy was like probably two fifty, two eighty, you know, yeah, arms for days. I'm like, I'm like, I, I buy that. I don't buy a ninety pound uh, a chick with a with a short haircut being able to swing that. I'm like, right, uh, right. push a dresser, a, a complete dresser, and decapitate someone at that kind of speed. I'm like, right, but unless, unless, unless she's on like meth, <laughs> maybe. But it provides an excellent opportunity for for Marie to kill one more person. In this case, a driver, a passerby driver that stops after almost hitting Alex, and then Alex begging the get in the car so he lets the driver lets her in the car and then of course it Alex, started uh, obviously yeah the car now cannot start jesus i don't know <laughs> some of those rules do get a little ridiculous like there's yeah. no way there's no way that after he had to hit that brake so hard that the car overheated and he can't start it but anyways yeah. he flooded it <laughs> oh yeah he flooded it yeah but nevertheless marie in her in her alter ego of the crazy middle-aged um, killer takes the concrete saw and starts cutting open the windows and then proceeds to kill the poor bastard up front. Who's trying to save Alex. Right, And, and the thing with that kind of saw that thing's got away, got away at least 
70 pounds. There's no way that she can, I mean, I'm sure you can lift it at 70 pounds, but I'm sure you can't swing it with ease and like freaking like a samurai sword. I'm like, <laughs> it's not the same goddamn thing. <laughs> so eventually uh, Alex gets out of the car and then she tries to basically calm Marie down and eventually say, I've, I've killed him. I've killed him. Yep. Say so like, I, you know, basically, and then, you're safe. You're safe. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then Alex embraces her, but of course, it's used as an excuse by Alex to take a um, piece of was glass. It? A piece yeah, of glass a piece from of her gla- or from her like leg because she it was the accident when she shattered the the glass in the vehicle in the car. Yeah, yeah. And or to basically stab her. Right. Or, or it was some other thing too. I think it was like a. Um, it had, I, I swear to God, it was like a tire iron or something. She like shoves it right through. Uh, Marie's uh, shoulder shoulders, and it comes out on the other side. Right, but she's still standing. She's not dead, but she's in shock now. And she passes you out. Know. Yeah, she passes out. And then we get to the big. We get to the the ending in which Marie is inside in an insane asylum, and Alex is watching her through like the the two way uh, glass yeah, yeah, system. Right, right. And yes. there's no. And, and, this is the part of the movie that's disappointing to me. I I really wish there was a doctor there to explain why Marie why Marie did what she did because yes. now I can see why they didn't include it because we have seen so many of these serial killer movies before that it's pretty well explained why she's she's doing this whole thing with the with the split personality disorder thing, but it would have been nice to see a character explain to the Alex character what's going on. Right. <laughs> because it feels, and it, I feel like there was more to this than just, just the split personality thing going on too. Right. But nevertheless, that's, that's how it ends with her and the insane asylum. Right. Now I want to m- mention something. I mentioned earlier about letterbox.com. The, the reviews for this movie that this film gets nowadays are, are a little, well, put it this way: back back when this movie was released, the bad reviews of this film were over its violence and yeah, you know, content. Yes, right. Now this movie is getting bad reviews because the reviewers are accusing the filmmakers of treating the 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 gay relationship concept as being homophobic. And I'm like sitting no, there going, I, 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 I never I, got that. I'm I like, never got that either. I'm sitting and, there going, in, fa- in fact, I will go so far as to say is that, yeah, that the, 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 uh, um, Marie want, lusted after Alex and she wanted, if no one could be with her, she wanted to be the only one with her in it. And if, yeah. you, if you pick up on the, the, the clues or the, the dialogue at the very beginning of the movie that, you know, Alex was, was kind of like slutting around with all these dudes. And I believe that kind of made Maurice, or I'm sorry, is it Marie? Marie was Marie, a Marie, 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 yeah. Marie snap. And she's like, well, I want to be with her. I love her. None of these guys can, I, I didn't see it as like homophobic yeah, at all. I just thought I, it as like I someone that, it, but the, but the people that are making excuses for her are saying, well, it's because she's crazy in love with this girl. I get that, that she's crazy in love, but yeah, yeah that, that, that she, she's killing her family just so she can have her. And it's putting this idea that, you know, crazy gay and lesbians will kill for their love. And I'm like sitting there going, that's a stupid, that's that's a stupid idea. That's borderline ridiculous and redonkulous. I, I, I look straight, gay, whatever. Well, I mean, like you're going to be crazy. You're going to be crazy. (laughs) I, I, I said to myself, I said, okay, so if it was a, if it was a, 
let's say it was a dude that lusted after this girl, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, are, are they going to say it's a, a, like a, like a statement about bad straight relationship? I, I don't know. I, I mean, some of the, these people that read into these things, you, you, look, I get bananas. it. I mean, I know you, 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 you could go back to psycho. Alfred Hitchcock's psycho with his, where he killed his mother and then he was kill, kill, killing, uh, was it uh, a Vivian Vance? I'm like, that was, or was it Vivian Vance? I can't remember. It, it, it was, uh, um, it was uh, okay. Janet Lee's character. Janet Lee's, yeah. yeah, but yeah, but anyway, Janet Lee's character. I'm like, you know, crazy is crazy. Crazy is crazy. I'm like, I, I yeah. I I think the problem I have is that this idea that, you know, we live in this era now where everybody. I, I mean, I'm I, I'm sorry if I sound like I'm getting on like a soapbox here, but we mm-hmm. live in this era now where like everybody wants to, you know. <laughs> I don't like the term because it's so annoying, but, but I do agree with what I do. I do agree. It's become like ridiculous. The whole concept of the political correctness and the wokeness of this. It's like, give me a break. Not every movie is made for interpretation. This is a fucking slasher movie, an 80 minute slasher movie with a paper thin storyline and violent aplenty. And And I'm sure the writer director didn't even think about that. Yeah, I, I think they were just thinking about it in terms of like, yeah, she's crazy because she's killing for the name because she loves this girl and she's just crazy. Yeah. I don't think there's any agenda hidden in, but no, in between no, that. No, no, that, no. That, that, that's what they call a uh, was it a uh, solution looking in, uh, looking for a problem. It's I also think. called it's also called or a, a problem stretch. looking for or a problem looking for a solution. Actually, a problem looking for a solution. There you go. It's, it's really called a stretch. Yeah. I don't think. I mean, uh, and, and yeah. I, I mean, if they want to interpret that, that's fine. But it's just an annoying interpretation. Like I said, a lot of these move, a lot of movies that are made. <laughs> number one, this is not an art film, so don't be looking for interpretation. And number yeah. two, even art films don't always demand the audience to interpret it's things. It's not I that mean, deep. <laughs> yeah, this is not a deep story. So what I wanted, to, I wanted, to, what I wanted to say is that according to the director, the screenplay version of the film had. The uh, entire movie from Marie's uh, version of events, you didn't find out she was a killer until the end of the film. After Marie, def- after Marie defeats the killer and re- re- uh, rescues Alex, when it would cut back to the hospital room and you see Marie in handcuffs, a police officer would roll in a TV and show Marie the video of her killing the gas station attendant and ask if she wanted to change her story. The real version of events was meant to be another movie entirely. However, when the writers presented script to Luke Benson or Luca Benson, he can he convinced him to change the ending to include the last reel of the film uh, revealing Marie as a killer instead of the last five minutes. I'm thinking possibly it would have been a, a little different. It might have been better uh, it, had it gone the other way. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I don't think. Yeah, that sounds like a much better idea than the review. Than, I'm sorry, than the, 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 the reveal, reveal that they, they did. did it. Yeah, yeah, uh, it. it I yeah I I think I would have preferred that a lot more because because right. <laughs> when they revealed it at that moment in in the movie it kind of really did take a lot away it's like oh okay yeah now we know who's responsible yeah. for this shit it it, sh- it should have been revealed much in my opinion much later like so, yeah yeah uh, anyway uh, so but yeah that's uh, that's high tension or hot tension uh for anybody out there yes <laughs> yeah i mean i i didn't hate this movie I, i'll be honest I'll, i'm gonna give it a thumbs in the middle okay because it's because i mean i didn't hate it didn't love it but yeah. there are some parts of it that i think are pretty good and then there are some parts of it that are like kind of like you're like yeah okay maybe <laughs> it could yeah, have been better know, 
honestly, if you, if I would have watched, if we would have reviewed this movie, let's say six, seven years ago, ten years ago, whatever it is, even when we were with, um, you know, Silver Pot, I would give give it a thumbs up. And then, like you, I'm going to give it a thumbs in the middle because I want to say for ninety percent of the running time, I was really enjoying it, but I was like, the the ending just killed it, kind of killed it for me. Yeah, the big twist, the, yeah. the big twist, quote unquote, you know, really didn't quite sell it. <laughs> the, 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 but then again, that was also another big thing. I just remember this too. You know, the whole M. Night Shyamalan reveal of that, of that time, you know. Oh, yeah, going back six, to, yeah, that was 19. Well, yeah, it was like, that came out, what, three years after? Well, yeah. The Sixth Sense. Yeah, that was, was 99, like, 90, yeah, 99, yeah, 98. Yeah, 99, 98. But that, that movie was still kind of sort of in the. You know, still in, in, in the front view of a lot of people. And then, oh, of course, for sure, for sure, Shyamalan yeah. did a bunch of other films after that that resorted on that same trope of the big surprise, big ending reveal. So, yeah. So, yeah, I would say definitely there was a little bit of that going on during that period, too. Yeah. <laughs> this was so with that, we, I have six fun facts to just briefly uh, touch upon, and then we'll, uh, we'll get to our, our next film. Uh, so fun fact number one. The film is set in the south of France, but was shot entirely in Romania. <laughs> ah, I did not know that. Yeah, due to budgetary <laughs> due to budgetary reasons and availability. I'm sorry, due to budgetary reasons and the availability of similar locations, that's where it was shot. Uh, number two, the studio, uh, the only studio filming done was the shooting of the scenes between Marie and Alex inside the killer's truck, and the studio itself was merely a garage. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. So, and number three, the location used for the exteriors of Alexa's house was actually a dilapidated mill that the production cleaned up and dressed for the film. Hmm. Um, and number four, this this is kind of interesting. Um, the rifle that is later used in, to shoot Tom can be seen hanging over the fireplace in the shot where Alexa's father through the st- a study window where Maria walks by outside. It's a sub- subtle but starting, startling clue in the film's uh, climatic uh, revelation, or cinematic revelation, sorry. <clears throat> number five, the shot where the fake blood splatters the camera lens during the murder of the driver was was actually an accident, mm. but the shot was, but the shot impressed uh, Alexandria AJ, or Aja, how do you pronounce uh, Yeah, I think it's Alexandria Aja, yeah. Yeah, so it impressed him so much that it was left in the film. The graphic shot was cut from the theatrical release, but was restored for the DVD release. And then finally, uh, number six, the camera used during the car attack scene got so much fake blood in it during the shooting that when it was being used on another film, the fake blood oozed out of it during a focus shot. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> they were all terrified. Yeah. Like, what the hell is yeah, this? So, yeah, so, uh, so apparently it was a, 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 a possessed. <laughs> yeah. Rental. Okay, Chris, let's head to intermission now with Nate's song called Explosion. We'll be right back after this, guys. Hang tight. We'll be right back. 
As we head to the airport, we will be traveling from France to Romania. We are flying 1,159 miles or 1,870 kilometers, and our flight will be will last just under three hours at two hours and 55 minutes, with All no right, layovers. So, so wake me when we get there. <laughs> <laughs> Sure thing. Uh, sleep well, my friend. We paid 177 American dollars per ticket. Now let's roll that trailer from the watcher from 2022. We'll be right back after this. She too? I, uh... You don't speak Romanian. You don't like? No, it's lovely. <laughs> There's this guy that lives across the street, and he's always looking over here. Looking over here how? Every time I look over there, he's just staring right at me. Hello, darling. Any reason in particular you're standing in the dark? Do you feel like coming in for a drink? Yeah. Have you noticed anyone watching you in your apartment? No. This guy has been watching us since we moved in. Maybe he's staring at the woman who's staring at him. found the woman murdered in her apartment. They're saying the woman had her head cut off. A man at the movie theater followed me into the supermarket. Followed you? That's him. I need to know for myself that he's been following me. Sometimes I just look at people. Just tell me what you want me to do. I want do. you to believe me! I was sure that you'd see me. I heard screaming from in here, okay? Just, just open the door, please! Dreaming of an old pretty girl looking back at me. But no one has really noticed before. Okay, Chris, take it away. Christopher, wake up. Rover International Waters, wake up. Oh, oh, oh my God. Come on, man. Don't do that to <laughs> I'm me. I'm going to punch you. <laughs> God, oh, all right, all right. I'm awake. I'm awake. God damn it. All right. Uh, so we are doing <clears throat> Watcher from 
2022, directed by Chloe Okuno and written by Chloe Okuno, based on a screenplay by Zach Ford. Watcher takes place in none other than Bucharest, the capital city of Romania. Young American couple Julia, played by Micah Monroe, and Francis, played by Carl Glussman, have arrived at Bucharest as Francis has been given a new job opportunity in the city. While Francis has a special familial connection with Romania, Julia is somewhat of an outsider due to not knowing the language or the attitudes of the people. It also doesn't help much that Francis works odd hours, leaving Julia all by her lonesome to figure things out on her own. But soon, Julia notices a strange man named Daniel Weber, played by Vern Gorman, is constantly watching her from his apartment window, and at one point Julia suspects the man is following her around the city. At the same time, there has been a rash of murders committed by an unknown assailant that has been dubbed the Spider by the local media. And when neighbor Arena, played by Madalena Ania, mysteriously disappears, Julia begins to suspect that perhaps Daniel might have something to do with Arena's disappearance and the murders. But is Julia correct about Daniel, or is she becoming paranoid and overthinking the whole scenario? Yes, that's the uh, plot synopsis for Watcher. Um, you know, I... um. I did like this movie, I uh, but I will say there was like a sense of predictability that was kind of like creeping through it, which we'll get to when we talk more about the movie. Yeah. But um, I did like uh, the setup for it. I, I it was a very interesting movie, um, and also uh, I know Tim, you have a special connection to this movie. We were talking bef- off air before we were recording um, that you were you were, you have a connection to this movie right. and and how you can relate to it and. You were telling me about that before we saw the film, so I saw it and I, I kind of understood then what you were talking about. And uh, maybe you should uh, real quick, Tim, go into the, the connection that you have with this oh, movie. <laughs> okay. So, uh, uh, long-time listeners know that uh, um, I, uh, I married into uh, uh, I married a Romanian uh, citizen uh, many years ago, and um, I've been to Romania very, many times, and. Um, I can totally relate to the Julia's character here because I know what it's like to step off a plane into a, into a, into a basically another world where you don't speak the language. I mean, yes, there's a lot of um, similarities, like, you know, uh, but the language barrier is obviously a very big thing, uh, huge. And I could, I could feel the fish out of water. I could feel her fish out of water, um, characteristics in, in, in how I felt and how I do feel when I go back there. Now, uh, most um, Romanians, especially younger Romanians, about oh, our age, which is, um, well, I'm 45, we'll just put it out there, uh, and younger, they speak English. Um, mm. And they're, they're very fluent in it. Um, but I do get this, but whenever you're in a, a social situation where you're more than, let's say, like two or three people, and you, you you do feel like you don't know what's going on unless you understand the language, obviously. So yeah, I, I I totally I totally got her character. I totally felt the same thing she felt. Um, there, there's a point in the movie where she's learning um, on an MP3 or, or, or you know on her headphones. She's learning how to speak Romanian. Now, when I started dating and I was engaged and married to uh, Christina uh, many years ago, there w- were no. Uh, 
of audiobooks. There were no uh, Rosetta Stones. Uh, I, I, I searched high and low on the internet, and I was able to come up with A Businessman's Guide to Romania, which is basically about 50 pages, small, like, little uh, a paperback book, just basically if you were a businessman trying to, you know, do business in Romania, you know, basically asking simple things. Where's the bathroom? Uh, how do I get to the, ta uh, the, the station, uh, train station? How do I get to the airport? All this, all the, you know, you know, daily kind of conversational like things. Um, but there was nothing like there is now today. And uh, sometimes I'm asked like, uh, well, why don't you learn it now? I'm like, well, now I feel like I'm too old. I'm too set in my ways. <laughs> well, did you when you met Christina though? Did she did speak English? I mean, oh she, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because she she she, uh, she came here to America on a tennis scholarship to Chicago State University back in two thousand and two. I want to say. Mm, okay. So um, yeah, she spoke she spoke fluent um, uh, English at that time. I mean, it, it, it may have been the Queen's English, but she spoke, uh, she didn't get all the nuances of our like slang and different kind of things. Yeah. The American slang, the American slang, the... but she, but she, but she knew more than an American going to Romania would know. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, you know, here's the thing. So what's, what's, a, what's beautiful about the, I, I want to say over, overseas uh, kids, uh, they are taught at a, at a young age. Most are they have English classes, and uh, and Christina said that she had English classes as as a beginning and I want to say maybe first grade kindergarten to learn English, learn learning the basic uh, English language, even being being the Queen's English, but just so like you could have a normal conversation because it is the business language of the of the world, right? <clears throat> right. So that was very beneficial to her. And I would, and I would, I would assume we should do the same thing with maybe Spanish or something like here because Romania is a mixture of Spanish, French, and like, fuck, dare I say German? I, I don't know. No, I, I know it's French and Spanish, but there's there's a lot of nuances. There's a lot of different kind of like uh, inflections and tones, and it's it's really interesting. And and if you're a Romanian listeners, and I say something that uh, you say, well, that's that's balls crazy. I don't remember. I don't. I think you're nuts. Uh, I apologize. I'm just going by what I know, <laughs> yeah. what I've learned over the years. So if something is off, uh, I, I'll, I'll take full responsibility and I apologize for any hurt feelings, <laughs> but it's not coming from a place of malice at all. Right. Now, I thought another reason why this movie was relatable to you is because while you were in Romania, you did have someone stare at you from a window from afar. <laughs> yeah, it was very elf hat. Uh, Hitchcockian, like it was very rear window. Of, like <laughs> I think that guy murdered his wife. There, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it turned out you were horribly mistaken. Yeah, and that poor pizza <laughs> delivery guy never, you know, recovered. <laughs> uh, that, that is interesting about the movie is the idea that uh, the Julia character is uh, like, like you said, a fish out of water. You're right. right in a land that she's not too familiar with, right. and, and so I mean, it does add to that because, like I said. There is an element of predictability in the film that kind of sort of creeps through. Um, the big reveal, I will say, in my personal opinion, is nothing special. <laughs> no, it, 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 it is nothing special. And we, we all, uh, I think we all, I think anybody who's seen this movie can agree that it isn't. But I, I the, the point is the buildup, the atmosphere. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, uh, I agree. The, 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 the um, 
that kind of like tone and that sense. It just it draws you in. Yeah, you yeah, you, it's, it's there's nothing surprising about it, and that's what I kind of like. Although although, and I, I we'll get back get to this. That wife owes the biggest I fucking told you so to oh, her husband. Oh, yeah. That, oh, and it, 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 we, it, it, we, it will last the rest of the, both we, of their lives. When we get to it, we'll talk about it. But I will say this. I think the movie should really have been called I Told You So. Uh, no, no. Because... I fucking told you so. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. How it just ends on that. You know, like, yeah. you know that's the, what the, 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 There's a stare. Oh, believe me. The stare between the husband and wife. Fuck, that's more cold blooded than the killer itself. <laughs> yeah, he, he knows that uh, that husband knows he ain't gonna be getting some <laughs> anytime soon. She's if anything, she's gonna be giving them one hell of a problem. <laughs> yeah. She she might be able to talk for a while because I mean, uh, I had laryngitis for a little bit, but yeah, she had her throat cut, so she wins. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so uh, setting this up. Yes. Uh, so the watcher op- opens in uh, Rom- Bucare- Bucharest, capital mm-hmm. city, Romania, of course. Right. And we are introduced to the two characters, Julia, who's played by Makia Monroe, mm-hmm. and her um, uh, fiancé, I believe. I don't think they're uh, married they're, yet. In no, the they are husband and wife. They are oh, they are husband and wife. wife. Okay, are, okay. Yes. Uh, Francis, played by Carl Glussman. Now, the Francis character is from Romania, but right. um, he, he spent most of his time in America. So Yeah, he went to school. Much yeah. like our scenario, he he was born there, but he moved or he moved to America to I guess I don't know I don't know if it was for college, but he moved there for quite a while. Yeah, but he's not so, moving back. Yeah, so he's a little more Americanized, at least in the sense of um, he's a little more he's actually a little more familiar with that territory, mm-hmm. although he still does know Romania because that's where he's from. Well, yeah, yeah. So he he fits in fairly well in terms of. You know, speaking the language and you know knowing the attitudes and everything, right? But uh, whereas Julia is having a hard time, like at first, they kind of show her being very impressed with, you know, when they arrive in the city, mm-hmm. how like vibrant and vast it is, and I've, I've, and, and obviously these characters and uh, never were around when the when the country was was communist run and. Right. Neither was I, but I've I've yeah. read some of the history about it. So, right. but well, prepare for this episode, or just in general. <laughs> just in general. Okay. All right. That's that, that, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I I'll be honest. I don't do a deep dive history of Romania, but I do know about I do know about how it was ran by Nikolai Ceausescu and all, and yeah. some of that stuff. So that fucking prick. Yeah. We're yeah. Gone. Yeah. Well, but you know what? He did. He did. He did go out with a bang. Him and his wife. So we can all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, if you know, and if you know the history of that, then oh Jesus. Okay. Here we go. But let's just say he he. And the, he and the wife, he totally deserved it. If you yeah. if you read the history, but anyways, yeah. hung so, by their throats. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, but go but, on. But you know, Julia is taking in the sights and everything, and she's she's really like like impressed by all this. But as we have mentioned, and we'll repeat it again, because she's much more fully Americanized than um, Francis is. You know, she was she. I believe was born and raised and bred right. in America, so right. she's an yeah. American citizen. She is not familiar with the language. She's not familiar with the oh. culture. She's not. It's, she's a complete total... culture, it's a culture shock, basically. Oh yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, she seems to like work fairly well within the interactions of the people. Like, there's the, um, the um, oh god, what do you call it? The, the neighbor. 
Yeah, well, not the neighbor. No, well, we'll get to the neighbor, but the, it was the um, the lady that introduces them to the uh, the apartment they're living in. Oh, the landlord, basically. Yeah, the landlord or the concierge yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Use. yeah, like you know, she, she seems like even though she can't understand what she's saying, you know, it seems like she, she can probably get along with her fairly well in terms of like you know, day to day interactions. Yeah. Yeah, the interactions. Yeah. And uh, you know, of course, and and then um, now what? Francis, what was he doing? He was doing he, a. He, he's like an ad executive or something like okay. that. He, he's, yeah. He's, he's 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 got some sort of the 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 American the the headquarters moved them over there to to Bucharest to help. Uh, I, I guess expand their um basically, you know, brand of like helping promote like their. Basically, he's a madman. He's in advertising. You know. Right. Um, okay. If you remember the old TV series from AMC, Mad Men, where yeah. basically <laughs> advertising and, and trying to sell uh, different products like cereal and milk and fucking laundry detergent. I, I I don't know. Anyway, I believe that's what his job is. But I want to go back to the very beginning. I know we're still. I know we still haven't really got into the very beginning of the film. But if you when you open up, you see you see you open up from the credits and you see them in a in a cab going through a downtown. Uh, city right right and, and uh, automatic automatically you get that sense i'm sorry i'm clicking my finger i'm snapping my fingers but you get that feeling of fish out of water like she doesn't know what's going on because the cab driver speaking to him and she doesn't understand and he's got to translate for her and that totally resonates with me now back in 2007 2008 i was told do not talk <laughs> oh wow be, no no no, no. <laughs> really? in, in, in certain in, in certain situations because if they heard an american accent there are some people some um not i'm sure it's changed over the past almost 20 years but uh where there'd be certain uh like hotels certain places where they would charge you more oh, where, where they yeah. take advantage of you yeah. so it was, it, yeah. it was better just to look out the window and go hmm Da, da, or you know, whatever. But don't don't say anything. Basically, anyway, and not that saying that was what she was doing because that wasn't. She was just kind of like a tour. She was just looking out the window. She was just you know sightseeing, whatever. But I totally get that feeling where there's a there's conversations being had and you are out of it. And what I love about this movie is that if you watch on closed caption, I think we talked about this off air, and I don't know if we talked about this right now, but anyway, where there'll be certain parts where where she'll be interacting with with the character with different characters, and you you, you can see the interaction in English, but then when they speak to Romanian and they don't want you to understand, they will say speaking Romanian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I watched this with my wife, and she loved it because she understood. She's like, okay, this is what they're saying there. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes perfect sense. That's exactly what they're going for. That is the beauty of this movie. Now with my in laws here, I want to watch it with them. However. I don't think they get it because I don't think they under, would understand the English part of it at all, <laughs> which is kind of a fucking big old fucking flaw in the slaw, basically. But anyway, going back to what you're saying. <laughs> well, real, real quick, though, Tim, uh, when you were out there in Romania, did you ever did you ever come across any gypsies out there? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, in the beginning, yes. All the time. Now, oh. did, they throw, did they throw a baby at you? They did not throw a baby. However... And, and, and this is funny. And I think, <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll explain what I mean by that right. when you finish telling yeah. this. Go ahead. Go so, ahead. so here's the thing. Now, um, th this, you know, how we have racism in America, 
there is racism within Romania. Now, it's pretty much everywhere. Right. <laughs> but now, still. How, how, however, the, the gypsies, the gypsies are these traveling band of people now uh, in, in Romania. And, and, and they used and they used to be broad and they used to be large. And it used to be like almost like a, I wouldn't say a poor population, but let's just say poor for a, well, a lack maybe, of a better term. Maybe nomadic. Probably. Maybe, okay, nomadic, poor for a lack of a better term. OK, I, I don't mean to offend any gypsies out there. I don't mean to offend anybody because I'm just saying from what I see now. In 2007, 2008, oh, every time we would drive by, oh, that's a gypsy village. My my mother-in-law would go, would go poop, poop, but she'd spit, like, not spit, but she'd make the spitting sound, poop, poop, like, ah, like, yucky, you know, like, they're awful people, gross, you know. But the last time I went to Romania, I want to say, hmm, what, what is it, 2023? What, 2021, let's just say, 2022. Um not so many gypsies, at least not where they were prevalent, where you could see them in their gypsy garb and they're running around and or walking around doing things. So I'm assuming either they've assimilated or they, they've been moved or they've been pushed away to like a, a, another um, village or something or other. But I didn't see many gypsies at all. So you never had them throw a baby at you. <laughs> I've never had them throw a baby at me. All right. So I need to explain. All right. All right, all right do, your, do, your, do your story now. <laughs> no, no, no. I... I have heard stories about how some people that when they've encountered the gypsies, one of the things that they would do to you is they would, in order in order to rob you, is to yeah. throw a baby at you. You, you catch, catch it, it and, and they, of course, they'd reach inside your pockets and grab your shit. Uh, I, I, and I heard that recently on the radio, like a couple of weeks ago. Someone oh, was talking about that. So yeah, I yeah I I, I use that with a. Very thin grain of salt. I, I, I don't, I, I, I've never seen that happen. In fact, I've been in Romania a, a lot and I haven't seen a lot of gypsies lately. I'm not, I'm not saying they're not there. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. Yeah. I'm just saying, mm, I haven't seen it. And, but now here's the thing. Now, uh, when I first, when I first start, when I first visited my, my in-laws and family from Romania, they did live in downtown Bucharest. They did live in those apartments that you see. Not so much that Juliet and her husband lived in, but in so much the other ones where they had an elevator. And the elevator, they used to live on, I think, at the 14th or 15th floor of their apartment. And it was a one-bedroom apartment. And it was super small. Um, and my wife lived there until she was 18 and, or 17 or 18. And she you know, moved, went to college in, 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 Illinois, in, in Chicago, Illinois. But it was, it was basically this elevator but you could not fit more than let's say three to four people in your elbow to elbow like literally mm-hmm. it was it was tight and you had to go up this elevator and, bump, and, bump, 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 bump. and you could feel each like you know um floor as you go up not to say that it was not um safe or anything but just that it was very uh rustic okay and, right and, and and it's and it's thing and it and, and if you let's say you were had groceries and you had like a little grocery cart and a grocery bag. Maybe you could fit two people in there. Um, sometimes you had to wait for the elevator for a while. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, once you got up there, the, the, the apartments were fine. They were they were clean. They were nice. Small, small. Don't get me wrong. I mean, much like uh, your your studio or one bedroom apartments now, where you don't have much room. But that was my experience in downtown uh, Bucharest. Mm. Uh, now I'm not saying. Uh, Obviously, there's different layouts, different buildings, and and so forth, whatever. But it was it, you walk in the front door, uh, the kitchen's to your left. Uh, there was a bunch of like um, 
let's say clo big closet so you could put your coat coat and shoes and blah blah blah. then you walk in and then you go to your left and that would be like let's say the living room area then you go a little bit further and the, the, to your left it would be the bedroom and to your right it would be the bathroom and then in a hallway closet there would be a washing machine and dryer and then what you do is you wash the or wa maybe just a washing machine and then you just dry your stuff out on the balcony yeah. If you if you were so lucky to have a balcony, anyway. But that was my experience with that. So I could totally relate to, let's say, the more rustic, more uh, poor part of uh, uh, of Buc downtown Bucharest, and, and let's say, let's say where 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 our characters were living, which was beautiful. Like it was spacious. Right. It looked like a friend's apartment from you know from a TV show. I'm like, right, they, right. They had bedrooms. They had a, you know, it was very well established. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Right. Uh, and then and then to go back for one moment, just letting yeah. anybody know who's listening. If we have any listeners from Romania, particularly any gypsies, oh. uh, no, <laughs> oh, I will not be. I will not be catching that baby. <laughs> it's not my responsibility. <laughs> I know your plan. I will be leaving it on the floor. <laughs> I hope it bounces well. <laughs> so, so, how could you let that baby drop? Well, you know, I just, I just don't want to be robbed. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. You know, I, I, I think that's a uh, a, a common uh, nomenclature, uh, you know, misconception, nomenclature, whatever they call it. Nomenclature. Yeah, yeah nomenclature. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, but yeah, I, I have not seen that. Um, but there, but honestly, there is a lot of beautiful parts of uh, Bucharest and. Kamarnik and um, uh, um, they're just—it's fantastic. I love that area. It's—it's it's very beautiful. And if you can get up into the mountains, it's even better. Oh, holy shit! Because I here's the thing: is I was never—we, you and I—we lived near Chicago, but we were never city guys, right? We were never yeah. like anyway. So I think you would really appreciate the more uh, rural, mountain-esque areas because. There's a lot more space to let stretch out, and right. And well, you a... also got a chance to visit uh, Dracula's castle on more than uh, on more than one occasion. Yes, yeah. and, and and I saw the hostels that the uh, the the, the uh, young ones would stay at, the, like the YMCA hostels, and uh, that's uh, a movie franchise I don't think we'll ever be tackling, but uh, I'll make a mention <laughs> of it. One day we will. <laughs> at, at least maybe the first. What one movie? Two movies? Yeah, I don't know if I'll do the two movies. Uh, yeah, you maybe know, we'll get, maybe we'll get Dave to guest star and say you're, <laughs> you're going to tackle part two and part three. Good luck, sir. Ooh, there's a part three. <laughs> I only first knew the first two. There's a no, part three. There's, no, there is a third one. I think. Oh really? Yeah. Oh shit! I think uh, Scott Spiegel did that one. Oh, yeah. I stopped after two. <laughs> oh okay. Two was but bad any, enough. <laughs> but anyways, um, no, yeah, but um, the other thing about okay, so. Uh, now there's a moment in the movie where, um, yeah, there's a moment in the movie where like her husband invites some friends over. It was like right. some business friends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, now, previously, um, Francis and Julia had were in a cab or something, or they were walking. Yeah, they were walking. Yes. And and, and they came across a crime scene where right. somebody there, was. There, there's a crowd with. Uh, uh, um... Yeah, with the police and with uh, paramedics and uh, media, you know, yeah, you know, uh, television crew, news crew, and uh, yeah, a woman had been murdered, like right outside their building. I want to say, yeah. well, not just murdered, but I do believe her decapitated, they, decapitated. Yeah. So later on, when Francis and Julia are entertaining um, these two people who are like, 
I believe that they were they're, they're friends of Francis, the, sort of, or their uh, business associates. Well, well the, I want to say Francis is Francis worked with this other guy. They, they're in the same office. They're working in the same uh, product line or something. They're, yeah. they're they're trying to they're on the same team, basically, same advertising team or product team. Okay, so they're talking about. They're just talking, and then of course the subject comes up about the murder, and they finally tell Julia that uh, oh yeah, it, it's it's these rash of murders going on committed by somebody that the media has dubbed the Spider, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and then at one point they say something in Romanian, and she kind of just like it's just is confused by the whole thing because once again she doesn't know the language and everything, yeah, and she then she kind of flinches like. Kind of, yeah, like like she kind of got a feeling that what they said something that was really in, inappropriate. inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. And then didn't she ask them what they said? And then like the husband told told her. Yeah, yeah. Well, the husband kind of looked at the wife. The wife kind of kind of like kind of softened what uh, what the two guys were talking about to try not try not to freak her out because yeah, I think what had happened was previously the husband kind of fibbed to his wife. Where they, because I remember earlier, a scene or two earlier, she was watching the news, uh, the, the daily news or the evening or the afternoon news, and her husband had come home, and she's like, "Oh, but they basically they had said that they had that, that there was a killer on the loose, but they didn't tell him that the woman was decapitated, so he was he was omitting certain things. Ah, okay, and yeah. uh, and basically that, this is what was going on, and Julia picked up on this at the dinner table. And she's like, oh, what, uh, only, like, the grumps can hear about this and the kids can't hear about it kind of thing. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm at the kids' table and you guys are talking at, at the adult table. So that's when um, the, hus- the, the, husband's, the husband's partner's wife interjected and tried to, like, kind of, like, bridge the gap and try to, like, kind of calm or soothe nerves or, or feelings, basically, I want to say. So uh, I think that was was happening there. But she still was kind of uh, peeved, <laughs> to say the least. Right, right. And then, and then in the meantime, she notices that uh, across the street from her window is another building, mm-hmm. a much older building. And she thinks that this person is watching her from the distance. Like at one point, she's watching out the window and sees the sees this, you know, shadowy figure from the other window, and then she decides to hold her her hand up to see if the figure will react to it. Right. And she's waiting and waiting. And then all of a sudden the figure holds his hand, holds right. their hand up. And then suddenly that really freaks her out. And she, ironically, but when she's not looking though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. When she's not looking. Yeah, that's right. Yes. So, but she, she's, yeah. So this guy's been watching her for quite a while. And, and at first she's like, she blows it off. as just, Oh, okay, whatever. But this happens for multiple days on end. Uh, and that's when she holds up her hand and she kind of waves at him and she kind of like gives like a 10 second pause and then she, she goes to turn her back and that's when yeah. the guy kind of like waves at her and kind of then that was meant to freak out the audience knowing that this dude you know because she thought maybe he's not looking at her you know there's this will she won't she kind of thing like oh is it for real or is it not you know like we don't yeah. know. Uh, but then you get the wave back, and that and that and that creeped me out a little bit. Even though I, even though it's kind of paint by numbers, you still kind of are kind of creepy, creeped out by it. <laughs> right, right. And then, um, so later on in the movie, um, she she becomes friends with um, this next neighbor, Arena, next door. Yeah. yeah. 
who uh, speaks English, so yes. she's able to translate. Because there's one moment where a neighbor, another neighbor, this older lady, ah yes, is a- yeah, is asking Julia something, and she's oh no, she- she's looking for Cat Elvis. Yeah, so Cat <laughs> Elvis, and and <laughs> of course. You know, again, Julia can't speak Romanian, so she has no idea what this woman's saying. Right. But then eventually, Arena comes in and but says, she's got you know, she's got a sympathetic ear. She's like, "I'm trying to help you," you know. Yeah, yeah. So she helps him out, and then they become like neighbor friends right. and they're talking. But, but what I what I love about this interaction with the first between, um, I think this is the second interaction between. The, uh, Irina and uh, Juliet is the yeah. first one is that she's taking the trash out after she had the little argument or a little kerfuffle at the dinner party and yeah. she's taking the trash out and she ran into Irina and she was making out with some dude in the stairwell but getting back to the old lady who lost her cat now she answers the door and she they're talking oh uh, oh she lost her cat Elvis blah blah and the old lady goes on by she's like and then Irina talks to Juliet. She's like, you know, honestly, I think that cat's trying to run away from her. Elvis is just trying to run away. But of course, going on. There's a brief but, moment. But that's where, her bond, you know. Right, right. Well, and then Irina, you know, uh, welcomes Julia into her apartment, and they're mm-hmm. drinking or whatever, talking. Yeah. And, I don't and, want to drink alone. Basically, let's have a couple glasses of wine. Yeah, blah. blah, blah. And it turns out that um, there's a moment where. Uh, Arena says that she um, is trying to avoid her. Um, it was ex-boyfriend. her ex boyfriend, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's got a gun in her <laughs> section, which she shows him, and sure enough, it's there. And by the way, that gun will come into play later foreshadowing. on. Foreshadowing. Yeah, foreshadowing. <laughs> Certainly is not subtext, but it's definitely foreshadowing. So, well, yeah, because she because she, she she goes like she taps it with her foot, like it's on a, a coffee table. She's like in that drawer, bang bang, you know. Right there. That's that's my protection. If in case this drunk asshole ever comes crashing through my door. <laughs> now there's a moment in the movie too where, when Julia is like going, like she goes to a local supermarket, and there's this man that she thinks is following her. Right. Like like she thinks this guy is just being a real creep and following her, and she eventually runs into the back room and 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 is waiting for him to go away, and then of course. You know he's gone, so she's able to get out. Mm-hmm. And, but then she tells her husband Francis about it, and then they go back to the market, and then they re- they ask if they can see the security, f- right? F- security footage, and they see the they see the guy back there looking around, but it doesn't really like indicate that he's looking for her directly. Right. So, so I mean, but, we know that they know, but they don't know that we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there is a predictable element to that. that. Okay, yeah, this dude's stalking her. Gee. And then eventually she finds out that this is the same dude that lives in the building that, you know, she thinks the guy is staring at her. So now she asks her husband to, like, get the police involved. <laughs> right. And don't they send the police over there and then he comes back and... It, it turns out that it's just you know. Well, they, they they go there because um, what was it? Yeah, I, I want to say that yeah, she she feels like he's stalking her, and that the, the neighbor, they they the the husband, and the no, the husband, and the police officer goes over there. They knock and they talk and they come back. And I think what I, I want to say, he doesn't. They don't. He doesn't come over until later. Till at, wait a minute, hold it on. It was well, later. I think, I, I think yeah, yeah. We're, we're skipping ahead a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but but anyways, the police come back and they yeah. they, they claim that well, he the, the guy says that you're stalking him. Yeah, basically. And, you, and you say he's stalking her. So why don't we just 
chalk this up to like uh, misunderstanding, you know, misunderstanding. Yeah. Shake hands, apologize, and go about your go about your merry way. Mm-hmm. Um, but Julia but, doesn't. But Julia doesn't feel like this is right, and she, I believe, she at one point decides to follow him. Yes, and he finds out that he's a he's a janitor at a at, at a peep strip show. club. At yeah, a peep show, strip peep club. Show. Yeah, yeah, and it's the same place where Arena works at. Right. Ironically, yeah, now, ironically. So she, you know, talks to Arena about it, and she doesn't know anything about the guy. I mean, she she knows that he works there, but knows nothing about him personally. Yeah. So yeah, they, they their their paths has never crossed, you know, at, in the workplace. Um, now, getting back to the grocery store and, and the movie theater, where she she wants to, um, she's just trying. She's trying to. The reason, the whole reason why she went to the grocery store, and the whole reason why she went eventually to the movies is to try to get away from that feeling, to get away to to to, to, to distance herself and try to forget about it. So she goes to a movie, she feels like she's being watched at the movie theater, and then she runs in the grocery store. And now that grocery yeah. store um, is much like uh, any kind of like Aldi, like our Carrefour in um in romania and it's it's so it, it they get honestly the uh filmmakers uh get it right almost 100 percent of the time within the feeling and the atmosphere and the lighting of all these sets because it's freaking amazing she goes in there to buy cigarettes and she then she says no i'm not gonna have cigarettes because she's she was an uh she was a former smoker she's not trying to smoke anymore she doesn't want to smoke anymore um, and, and I, I, I get those, those tight little aisles that, 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 that back alley kind of feel it's, it's just 100% spot on, but now moving forward, as we're going into the story, like where, as you mentioned, um, the, the cop comes over and they want to basically shake hands and make up and he, she goes on to, to stalk him through the city. So she follows him now. She's stalking him. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, then. She she be, she begins to feel that her suspicions are correct right. when she hears commotion next door. In, next door in Arena's apartment, and then she begins to feel that something happened to her. So, so oh, which, which by the way, we should, we should preface this by that the fact is that the their bedroom walls share adjoining walls, and they can hear almost everything. Yeah, yeah, and there, there, there's a, a cute little response where she's like, "Well, if I'm too loud, just bang on the door, tell me to be quiet, <laughs> or bang on the wall, tell me to be quiet." So that comes into play later as well. Uh, but right, go on. But, but anyway, so she's able to get the landlady to unlock the door, and there mm-hmm. were, and I believe there was like a couple of people that were like looking around uh, yeah, too. Yeah. And... Not, 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 I wouldn't say cops, but yeah, there were there were definitely other people in the room. Yes, uh, right. With the landlady, but Maybe they go in there. Guy. Yeah, yeah, they go in there and they find nothing. Like I think they they find like a chair overturned, but like nothing in to give us, but nothing else. Yeah, and, like, and the fact is, I think they find Elvis in there too. Yeah, yeah, they find Elvis in so there. So El- Elvis just, is very possible. He knocked over the chair or the lamp yeah. or the whatever the hell it was that she because I think it was a broken lamp. Yeah, and they find Elvis in there. It's like, oh well, the cat knocked over the lamp. There's Elvis, a mystery solved. Arena hasn't been back at her apartment yet. You know, it, it's it's possible she's single, but what what now? What happens in, a, in the next scene or so is I think Irina's ex boyfriend is trying to get a hold of her. Right? He he shows right. up at her door, mm-hmm. just hitting that door, yelling at her, right. not getting a response, and then eventually right. Julia walks up to him and you know tells him that she thinks that. Uh, arena isn't there and something happened to her and then right but she doesn't have a key and they can't get a hold of the landlady but can you help me with my problem kind of thing 
Yeah, I love what she does here. She asks this guy <laughs> to go. This big to, dude. <laughs> yeah, to, to go to the apartment where the guy that she thinks is stalking him. By the way, the guy's name is Daniel Wepper, mm-hmm. the person that Julia thinks is stalking her. He's very so, mousy individual. He's very right, like, right. unassuming, very which is cool. perfect. Which is perfect for a, a serial killer. <laughs> right, right. Very quiet. Yeah, but also very obvious too. Like there's never. A, it's like, always I, the quiet ones. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's never a moment where like they make the character come across as remotely normal. Well, it's, they always go through every single. Well, tro- uh, this is basically Romanian Psycho. Well, well, it's, no, exactly, exactly. It's Romanian Psycho, Romanian Rear Window. But however, do you remember the old George Carlin bit where he's like saying it's always the quiet ones you have to worry about? Yeah, yeah. But d- don't for, don't forget about the loud, loud noise. It was like I'm a crazy motherfucker. I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, go on. <laughs> so he goes. No, she she asks him to go. She asks uh, Irina's ex boyfriend to go over and just knock on the door and, and see if he can get him to come out. Yes. And so she so he knocks on the door, and nothing happens. He, oh no, he's pounding on. It. He's kicking. He's, well, no, no, no. First yeah. he knocks oh, yeah. on. It. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Then he says, "I can't get him to come out," and, and then she goes, "Can you try one more time?" And then he goes over and starts kicking and hitting the door, and he says something in Romanian, and he yeah. she says, "What do you tell him?" And he just. I think he said something like, you know, he just told them to quit bothering you or yeah, something like, like that. He, he won't bother you anymore. Which, when I asked my wife what that meant, she's like, and she didn't really tell me. She's like, yeah, he he, he just screamed at him. He he he's not coming out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was pretty bad. <laughs> she wouldn't tell you exactly what he said. Well, I, 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 honestly, I don't really remember because there's a there's there, there's a few Romanian sayings that will kind of make you blush (laughs) like honestly like is like uh fuck your mother in the mouth with something or other i'm like we 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 have we we and 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 and, yeah and i I, I don't know what the next part was i keep forgetting but i'm like i shouldn't have forgotten but because it should be ingrained in my brain but i'm like we have like hey fuck face or motherfucker or this you know hey man no different than saying hey fuck you and fuck your mother i mean come on basically basically it's like fuck your mother in the mouth with like a big dildo. I'm like, it, oh my god. I mean, it, it gets. It, I I, I want to say I think that's what it meant. Anyway, but you get the gist. It, he basically said he's gonna kick his ass and probably shove his thing somewhere and make him feel useless. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> so after that, then eventually the police get involved again. Uh-huh. So now the this is where we finally get to see what the guy looks like. Actually, you know. The cop shows up and Daniel's standing next to him and he says, you know, we, we, the cop says, we heard that you had someone go over to his apartment and bang on the door and, and threaten him. And, you know, look, you know, we can't have this going on. So, you know, is there any way that you guys can like put this behind you? And Julia reluctantly like, does so. Shakes his yeah. hand and says, I'm sorry for, you know, stalking you. If you stalk me, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. So then later on, there's like a moment where I think it was like Julia goes with her husband to some party. And I guess her husband said something, something about her, I guess you could say her fear of, uh, of, of, of thinking about this person stalking her, even yeah. though she has like no proof. Or uh, whatever. Are we are we talking about at the at the like the like the hike 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 the, the gala kind of thing? Yeah, the gala, the gala. Yeah, yeah, and and, and they're kind of like, um, 
making fun of her. But what Daniel, uh, that's her husband's name, right? Or the character's name, right? Daniel? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Doesn't realize is that all the while, and, 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 and dear listeners and, and viewers, is that she's been um, listening to these uh Books on, I want to say books on tape. That makes me sound so old. But she's been uh, she's been studying the language, yeah. Through the through these uh, uh, language tapes or language MP3 files, whatever it is. So now she has a better grasp of the language, and she realizes that they are making fun of her. They are poking fun at her fears. They are saying what she basically not legitimizing her what she's going through and blowing it off and just kind of being right. dicks about it you know and then covering it up by like oh you're just being silly you know blah 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 right so she says well fuck you daniel i'm going home i'm leaving uh, you know screw you i i'm going to go back whatever i don't think she says she's going to go back but she's le- she's just leaving right so right. She basically gives him the bird and says, fuck off. Uh, she takes, a, <laughs> I think, a cab, right, to the uh, train station or whatever it is. Or does she walk to the train station? I I forget. Uh, what does she do? I, I, somehow she ends up at the she train takes, station. She takes the train, yeah. 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 I, I don't know if it's a cab to the train station or she walks to the train station. But she gets, somehow she uh, flicks Daniel off and then she goes to the train station. She's on the platform and she's on the, 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 um, the subway. And who does she run into, Christopher? Why she runs into uh, uh, Daniel, the man that uh, she thinks is stalking her. <laughs> the spider. Yeah, the spider. Or is it? <laughs> yes, or is it? And so he kind of sort of like explains himself, you know, like the situation that he's in. Um, doesn't really have much of a life outside of his apartment. I believe at one point, didn't he say he's taking care of his father who's like... He was elderly sick, and, yeah. and he was like basically saying that you were uh, threatening and, and frightening my elderly father while I was out at work or going to the grocery store. And, and, he, and he was like uh, basically looking just for an apology, you know, like... Right. And, and she re- she she does feel bad that she screamed and pounded on the door of an elderly man, but she's reluctant in giving him an apology because, well, he's just kind of fucking creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and, she still suspects him of something. Yeah. She, yeah. She suspects him of something. And as he's talking to her on this, in this subway uh, or train, whatever it is. So, yeah. Subway, whatever. Yeah. Subway. We'll just say subway. Uh, the, the announcement comes over the PA system saying that, uh, the train has been um, not derailed, but like uh, been uh, been uh, um, d- delayed, delayed, delayed. And he's like, "Oh, it's probably something like they hit a dog or something that uh, that on the train tracks. They're just trying to clean uh, the dogs off the train tracks, whatever it is." And I will say that that tracks in Romania in downtown Bucharest, they do have or did have a large wild dog population, much like like deer up in the Midwest and stuff like that, where they were just kind of like Roman packs. Now I, now I haven't been there. I haven't been in Bucharest, downtown Bucharest in a while, but I do remember seeing, uh, you know, sometimes wild dogs walking around just dogs and you don't want to pet them because they, they're not, uh, domesticated. They, yeah, they ain't your friends. <laughs> they, they, they are not your friends. Now I'm not, I'm not saying they're as bad as like coyotes and wolves, but you just, you, you don't want to tangle with them. You know, they may be fine, but you just want to kind of ignore them and keep your distance. 
and, and, and let them pass. And uh, at, at the time, at least when I first started going there, uh, they didn't have enough, like, dog catchers. They didn't have enough uh, animal control people to get the situation, the population under control. Now I think it's much easier. But the fact remains that the, the, the subway, I'm assuming there's still, you know, packs of, you know, animals that sometimes wander onto the tracks and get hit by trains <laughs> and need to be cleaned off and, you know, moved away to the side so they can get the trains moving again. But I digress. As they are sitting there waiting for the train to move again, uh, Juliet, is it Juliet or Julia? Uh, I believe it's... Oh, wait, wait, well, Julia, yeah, sorry, Ju Julia. 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 Julia notices that uh, Daniel... AKA the spider uh, has a, uh, a plastic sack or bag like from a grocery store, but it looks oddly like a human head on his lap. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, maybe we're not sure. We don't know, but it's definitely triple bagged <laughs> for, you know, grossness <laughs> and blood. But anyway, this makes her feel uncomfortable. So the train finally gets moving and uh what 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 do we cut to next, Chris? Uh well she goes back to uh she goes back to her apartment, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they go back so they part ways, they go everything is Kind of hunky dory. <laughs> I yeah, say maybe. that with a with a question mark in the air. But uh and so she she goes to start the pack, and then all of a sudden she starts hearing. Uh, and she goes to the bedroom. She starts packing her suitcase, but then she starts hearing what, like some sort of music from the uh, uh, from her neighbor. Correct. Yes, she's hearing music from her neighbor, uh, Arena's room. Right, and well, she, uh, it's been deadly silent for the last few days. Yes, yes. So then she goes over into the room, into Arena's apartment, and it's open. And Ooh. she see here's the thing: if it's open and it was previously locked, I don't know if I go in there right away. <laughs> yeah. Plus, if they're playing music in yeah. the, in, I mean, yeah, okay, maybe it gives yeah. the impression that Arena's there, but uh, I wouldn't want to go back there. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, she goes in there, mm -hmm. and she finds Arena is there, except she's sitting in Arena sitting in a chair. Lifeless. 95% of her is there. Yes, or 90% of her. Right. Lifeless, and her head is completely missing from her body. Mm. <laughs> the mm. best part. So, <laughs> so, in other words, nothing wrong with this picture, right, Tim? <laughs> yeah. Oh, except, I don't except, know, the head. <laughs> yes, except when Daniel jumps up behind her and, like, wraps Julia's head in a plastic bag to suffocate her. To knock her out, mm -hmm. and yes, spoiler alert. Yes, turns out Daniel is the killer. Well, <laughs> that's well, we, we we should also mention that there was a uh, red herring because earlier in the movie they do say that the uh, the 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 killer or the spider has been captured. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that kind of brings the pressure off of uh, Daniel, a and little. <laughs> a little. But it also but it also conveys uh, gives enough. Um, what do you call it? Um, 
questions or, 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 or to, to her husband and to her husband's friends like, well, okay, well, they call the killer. He, you know, it, it's, 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 it's over. It's done with it. There's it's speculation, I guess. Well, it makes Julia's character paranoid because right. now that now the, the word has gotten out that the killer is caught. Would she be worried about this guy when it's not even him? You know, yeah, because they already got the killer, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and I gotta say, I think that's the part of the movie that I was a little disappointed with. I was hoping that, you know, the killer wasn't Daniel. Because I, I, I gotta tell you, I mean, again, like you know, you're watching this, and it, it, it just feels like because it, it's so obvious the way how they portray his actions, you know, the, the him being the the silent type and everything and not really not and, and sort of being kind of meekish. I'm like, yeah, okay. This is like, I think we all know this. Something's up with this dude. And then of course it turns out, well, surprise, surprise. He is the killer. And I don't know what it was, but I was thinking to myself, it would have been very interesting if it turned out that the, and, and again, probably just as predictable, but I thought it would have been very interesting if it turned out that her husband was the killer. And then, he, and it's then always he, the husband. Yeah, and then he ends up being the, the one that rescues her for some, you know, <laughs> not necessarily because he has oh. to, because it sort of falls into place. You know, you'd have to. But anyways, yeah, I mean, I just felt that that was kind of like really like, oh, okay, he is the killer. Oh, wow, okay, so no oh, surprise oh, there. Oh, fun there. But the, the surprises don't don't stop though, sir. Nope, they don't. Yeah. Well. Go so, on. of course, Julia tries to, I guess at one point, try to scream her way out. But then what does the, uh, our, our, what does Daniel do to her? Well, well, well Daniel, to, to, um, to, to, to prolong this euphoric feeling, because this is what gets him off. This is what makes him hard. He slices her throat, but not too deep, but just enough to uh, uh, get her voice box, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't cut her too deep. He doesn't. You know, she's gonna eventually bleed to death. Don't get me wrong, but it's a, a slow bleed. And he knows. And he, let's say this guy's an artist. He's a he's, he's precision precision with a with a uh, with a with a exacto knife or whatever the hell he has. Um, so she can't talk. She can't scream. She can't talk. She's like, ah, 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 ah. Uh, and she's basically doing that. And so she, I think, at one point she plays dead, and he lays next to her very creepy like she's bleeding out and he's just like holding her he's like almost like reverse spooning her he's like looking at her like a face to face like you know eyeball to eyeball and he's like stroking her hair and he's like basically just you know you know loving every minute of this shit but what he doesn't know is that next door her husband or uh julia's husband comes home and now is calling her, calls her cell phone. Now the cell phone is on Julia's person or is on the nightstand or on the, the, the coffee table, wherever it is. It's next door. It's in the apartment next to Julia. And you can hear it ringing. And, and, and the husband's like, what the fuck? It's not here. It's over there. So he goes out of the apart, out of the apartment and he walks down the, walks down the small hallway. And um, Daniel is eager to try to, I guess, uh, make the situation better, right? But what right. happens next? I oh, bang, bang, buddy boy. Uh, Juliet is not dead yet. She stands up and she fires not one, but like four or five shots, nailing Daniel first in the shoulder and the back, like twice in the back. Then turns around, he falls down, and she hits him like three more times in the chest. And where did she get that gun, Tim? 
uh, from the coffee table where Irina had it because of her ex-boyfriend or the ex-boyfriend right. that gave it to her. That's foreshadowing, my friends. Right, right. And uh, then, right. of course, and now we're talking. Oh. we're, <laughs> we're going to come to the to the to the one shot here that Tim and I were talking uh, about before we got uh, to the. the I fucking told you so, yep. dickhead. So, <laughs> so the husband is like completely shocked by this whole thing. Yeah, seeing, because seeing he, he, he's seeing this guy get blown away, like you know, six inches in front of his face, right? Right, and so she's got literally has a smoking gun in her hand, locks eyes with him. He looks at her, she looks at him, and it's a freeze frame basically, and then black. <laughs> yeah, she gives him that look, like you know, I told you so, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, now get me to the hospital right away. I'm bleeding to death. Yes, <laughs> yes, and no blowjobs for you for at least two years. <laughs> oh my God. But she's just looking at him like. Oh. That's why the title of the movie should really be said, I told you so. Or, as Tim suggested, I fucking told you so. You Watch know. this, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I, when I saw that shot, I was just, I literally just went, oh. Oh, he, he's so fu- He's in the doghouse for the rest of his life. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I also see divorce papers coming his way. Oh. No. D- d- divorce would be too kind for him. <laughs> She's going to make him suffer. <laughs> to be fair, though, if you want to look at it through that scenario, yeah, it, it's when you're suspecting somebody that's, you know, not really, that's not in everybody's eyes giving indications of them like stalking you per se, then yes, right. you're not going to, you are obviously not going to be believing the other person, but, you know, at the same time, right. <laughs> this totally proves that she was correct. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, she she definitely was spot on, one hundred percent. There is no room for error there. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah, that's uh, that's Watcher. And, All right. Uh, you know, I mean, like I said, it, it is predictable, but um, I'll still recommend it. I'll still give it a thumbs up, and you know, oh, perfect. Check okay. it out. Yeah. All right. Wonderful. So you give it a thumbs up. That's a thumbs up from me. So uh, now, as we travel back to the states from Romania to St. Paul, Minnesota. We'll be flying 5,230.50 miles or 8,417.68 kilometers. But before we touch down safely back in the States, I have four fun facts on the Watcher. So, Christopher, did you have something to interject? No, no. I, I, I think pretty much said I, all I could say. <laughs> Uh, okay, okay. Uh, maybe I'll interject some more with these fun facts because th- these are kind of fun too. All right, I, I put the fun in fun facts. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, uh, number one, Julia goes to see Charade from 1963 at the cinema. This is the same movie that Jay also played by, um, I, how do you pronounce the actress's name? Malika Monroe? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Goes to see with Greg at the beginning at the beginning of It Follows from 2014. Oh my god! <laughs> so do you remember you remember seeing what It Follows? Correct. Uh, or you may need I a refresher. Think, I don't. I mean, need a refresher. But I don't recall seeing it. Oh, you don't remember oh, about the uh, sexually transmitted demon? That yeah, I don't think around? I've seen that. I remember hearing about it, but I didn't see Ooh, it. Ooh, that might be a future podcast. Oh, okay. yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Too. That STD episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, number two, the original script from Zach Ford was featured on Hollywood's 2016 Blacklist, an annual list of un- unproduced, most liked spec scripts. Ford wrote the script under a pseudonym called Carl Young. Number three, the serial killer, the spider, was simply known as the headhunter in the script. Mm. And finally, number four, in a 2022 interview, Chloe Okunau, how do you pronounce that? Was it? 
Uh, it's, Chloe. I believe it's Chloe Okuno. Okuno spoke of the contrast in styles between her previous work on VHS 1994 from 2021 and The Watcher from 2022, as well as influences. Uh, she, she quotes as, I love Roman Polanski's Apartment Trilogy, Repulsion from 1965, Rosemary's Baby from 1968, and The Tenant from 1976. The other movies I think The Watcher that I was re referencing a lot were Perfect Blue from 1997 and Lost in Translation from 2003 and Seven from oh, wow. 1995. <laughs> and for the most part, those are the movies that really take their time. And also, I can really appreciate something where it is a little bit more of a classic style that's a slow burn, and it's also about building visual languages and pacing in a way that ties the character, uh, I'm sorry, that tied the character to Julia. Uh, it was also. Yeah, it's bit, interesting. I'm sorry. Yeah, Go no, ahead. Right. I'm sorry. no, no. Uh, just one second. It was a bit slower and more deliberate, but there are also two obviously extreme different modes of horror, but I really love working with both of them. So. Oh, go on, Chris. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say, she mentioned Lost in Translation, so I would have loved to have seen Bill Murray play the uh, killer part. <laughs> I'm serious, though. I well, mean, you know, but, you know she, she mentions a lot of films that she drew aspirations from. I, and I was thinking more like Hitchcock Rear Window yeah, you know, yeah. And, and all this stuff. But I, I, the, the case can be made definitely for Repulsion, Rosemary's Baby, and The Tenant. I'm like, holy shit. And Seven Seven is about a serial killer that is, yep. is crazy batshit nuts. Uh, so, I mean, all these things flow perfectly well. I'm like, honestly, uh, she made a, a really good film. I, she should be very proud of it. I love it. You you gave it a thumbs up. I gave it a thumbs up. So, Christopher, anything else you'd like to add before we uh, get to our next segment? No, I think we've covered all our bases today there, Tim. All right. So, okay, before we bounce out of it, we have to head over to the mailroom for some social media interaction. <laughs> Christopher, back in the mailroom. So, on our social media pages, on our official Facebook page, on my Slasher app, and Twitter, and all the wonderfulness that is social media, just in general, right? I posted uh, these two movie posters. First one was High Tension, uh, and I got quite a bit of response uh, from everyone here from here, so I'm just going to read a few of them. So, uh, High Tension. So JP chimed in. Uh, I said, doing a little podcast homework, what did everybody think of this film? J uh, JP chimed in, not bad at all. The twist doesn't bug me, and I agree with the, with the inspiration by Dean Kuhn's intensity, LOL, which was which he was not happy about. Mm. <laughs> and he, he kind of wasn't, but he didn't want to pursue it. Uh, and then Yuon, I, 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 uh, I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Very good. I don't think it's rated five stars, but it's an easy four. Then Jamie chimed in five words. Head in a cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, in all seriousness, pretty graphic. I don't know if this Jamie is a oh, man or woman. So I'm like, uh, this person's in all seriousness, pretty graphic, but not on the scale of Saw or Hostel. For example, there's a twist and turn here and there that you don't see coming. Uh, then Gabriel chimes in says it was a little bit over the top scary as hell brutal a little too realistic but i guess that makes a good horror film hard to watch <laughs> because it's super realistic gore 
I will, I will uh, say that, yeah, there were some really gory moments with the chainsaw and the uh, car and the, uh, <laughs> the gentleman trying to help her. If you remember that. Chris. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was not a pretty situation. Um, then moving on to the slasher app for the same thing. Um, uh, Debbie does the undead says, love it. Mega twisted. <laughs> oh, I'm like, okay. So thank you for that. Then let's move over to maybe our Instagram. Let's see what Instagram has to say. Oh, Instagram. Always a good time. Uh, let's see. High tension Instagram. Oh, uh, Philip says great until the ending, move it. And that's an all timer. <laughs> so he liked it up until like the last five minutes. Chris, I think you can agree. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, now going to uh, the watcher. So watcher. So here, since we're here, nobody uh, commented on the on the my Instagram post. But let's go back to slasher apps. So slasher apps said. Doo, 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 doo. Sorry, scrolling, 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 because I post a lot. <laughs> uh, comment. Uh, horror horror cake says. I was pleasantly surprised by the plot and acting. I enjoyed seeing Monroe since uh, It Follows, which was one of my favorites. And I'm glad to see her in this role. It also reminded me of a Hitchcock film, which we, we just previously touched upon. And then let me go back to now our Facebook page uh, for The Watcher. And The Watcher said, dun, 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 dun. scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Because that's what we do. Okay, the watcher. Here we go. The watcher. Uh, Joshua Tank Thomas. Now you may remember him from our previous episodes where he was a guest star on our that superhero, not superhero episode. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Joshua Tank Thompson said, "I saw this last year in late August when it dropped on Shutter. My thoughts were." A solid, well-shot, well-acted slow burn of a stalker-slash-psychological thriller. The simplicity drew me out but never completely lost me. The aspect that really grabbed me was the consistently creepy dread of who might be lurking behind the door and around the corner, rating 3.5 out of 5. So there you go. That is our mailroom for uh, this month. Any comments? No, <laughs> our... no. I think uh, I think we've covered the mailroom pretty well. I mean, so far nobody has uh, sent an email saying... <laughs> Not yet, but we're Not only yet. like four say, episodes in the say, season. Saying I disagree with your opinion, Chris, like that <laughs> Ghostbusters uh, Afterlife letter, but that was actually an that, that was that was not a not the scathing letter that I thought it would have you're, been. You're, you're you're waiting for someone to really rip you a new one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure it'll come. <laughs> uh, you know, you keep daring it, and every every month I'm like, oh, we haven't received anything. I'm like, Christopher's really not going to be really. He Christopher wants it. He's like a say that he's like a masochist. He wants you well, to I'm hurt really, him. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not what Dave Rodriguez would call a glutton for punishment, but uh, I mean, I'm uh, you know again like. <laughs> I put it this way that letter was probably the most exciting letter we've ever gotten in, in the mail room so i mean as far as i was concerned i, I looked at that as a badge of honor you know i mean <laughs> well okay christopher okay well hopefully one of our dear listeners around the world will chime in uh so 
uh, uh, so, okay, Christopher, I believe I already asked this, but the final thoughts before we bounce out of here, anything? No, 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 nothing else, man. I think we've covered all the bases. All right, perfect. I know you said that, right? But I figure I should ask you one last time before we exit the mailroom and the episode. Well, we got to like add an extra minute to the show so we can get some running time. Oh, uh, this isn't one of your your drive-in movie theater things. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. For our next episode, we'll be continuing our summer series. We'll be covering the films Summer Camp from 2016 and the Summer of 84 from 2018. So if you want to follow along with us, watch them and let us know your thoughts and opinions. You, too, can be a part of the Mailroom segment. So for Chris Canning, I'm Tim Kazda. Thanks for listening this month. We hope you'll join us again next month and bring a friend or two. There's always room at THSP. Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening to THSP Season 9.